When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Through his attorney Todd Blanche, former President Trump pleaded not guilty to these 37 federal charges. And Todd Blanche, in fact, said the former president is, quote, most certainly pleading not guilty. After touching down at Newark Airport, the former president went straight to his golf club in Bedminster, New Jersey, passing a crowd of a few dozen supporters waving flags from the road. Minutes after his motorcade drove into the club, Trump walked out to a standing ovation from a couple hundred invited guests at 8.45 p.m. But they will fail, and we will win bigger and better than ever before. Give it a shot. Just kill like the first two verses. Come on, Roger. Come on. Uh, I'm, I'm Noel Jolson. That's okay. Come on. Let's hear it. Come on, come on, come on. Uh, happy birthday to you. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Donald. I'm allowed to call him that. Happy birthday to you. I got to tell you, you sold yourself short, man. I mean, let's not Malin Monroe for the Kennedys, but it's a close second. NYPD brass show Keyshawn Sewell the love with a standing ovation at a police commissioner for a day ceremony that saw the normally poisoned state commissioner appear to tear up as aides hugged her in her first public appearance after announcing her resignation. But as rumors swirled about why she was turning in her badge, Mayor Adams went on the offensive. Are you confessing to be a micromanager? No, I'm in, I am. Listen, I keep remembering what mom told me. Inspect what you expect or is all suspect. That's what she tell me. Trust but verify. 20 seconds remaining. The Golden Knights start to celebrate on their pitch. The Silver Trophy to the Golden Knights. Bottom of the night, two outs, no one on pitch. A line drive to left center on the run is kind of for Levin to make the catch. Ball game over. Yankees win. The Yankees win. They're down 5-1 in this game. That's why it's a heck of a win. And they went ahead 6-5 and wound up winning the game by the score of 7-6.
Who says you can't go home? Bon Jovi asking that question right now. Who says you can't go home? Well, tonight, I'm going home. It's been since January 4th. That was the last time that Danielle and I and Gabriel, Ava was back in Europe. That was the last time that Danielle, myself, and Gabriel slept in our beautiful house in Rockaway Beach, Bell Harbor. We had uh, the week before, well, the Christmas was, was the day. You guys remember that freezing cold Christmas Day last year, 25th and 26th, were the two coldest days of the year. In an otherwise pretty lame winter, not a lot of snow, but those two days were freezing. You know the story, all my pipes burst, and we had to leave for about a week, and we stayed at a very nice hotel, the United Nations Hotel, which is on 44th Street, uh, between 1st and 2nd Avenues. In fact, we were there for New Year's. You guys remember I saw Flavor Flav there New Year's Eve. And then I called into John Katsimatidis, my man John, good morning, John, and Curtis Sliwa, who I love dearly these days. They filled in for me on New Year's Day. I called them just outside the hotel on 44th and 2nd, and then uh, we went home. And we spent the next three or four nights in Rockaway, and then that Saturday morning we had to come back to the city. That's when the real work started, my guy Rich Clift. And they put us in a hotel on 33rd and Park because we were a Hilton Honor member, so it was a Hilton hotel right next door to Wolfgang's, a very nice hotel. In fact, my daughter's staying there now, and we stayed at that hotel for about a month. You guys may remember during football season, the playoffs, there were nice sports bar downstairs. I watched all the games. One night, I bumped into Lily Sheen, the daughter of Kate Beckinsale in the bar downstairs, and it was fun. And then uh, about a month after that, they put us into an apartment in Battery Park, very nice apartment on the water, but small, obviously, especially now we've got four people. In fact, Ava's girlfriend's in town, that makes five. So it was um, very small living quarters for the last, I don't know, three-plus months. All this happened since Christmas. And yet, when I came to work every morning, the ratings getting better and better. We've never enjoyed this success ever. Maybe Lundy did. I don't know. But it's been a long time. And despite being misplaced and living in three places at once and all that, this show, Sitting Friends in the Morning, kicked ass. And now I get to reap the rewards. House is not done, mind you. I don't have a kitchen. I do have a refrigerator, but no kitchen, no working stove, no microwave, no Keurig, no cabinets, nothing. So no kitchen. But I've got bathrooms. I've got beds back in my bedroom. I went home on Monday, had the Fios guy there. I've got five working TVs, and I'm going to go home tonight. But that will be the end tonight of a very emotional day for us. It's all before we get to Donald Trump and all that good stuff on the Met game last night. I was there. So my daughter Ava's gone through an awful lot. She came home from Europe. She goes to school in Wales. You know the story. About two hours outside of London. And she had a spectacular freshman campaign. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, I put on Facebook and Instagram a letter she received from her law professor 
congratulating her on basically graduating at the top of her class for all the freshman students. She did great. And it wasn't easy. She's in a different country. This isn't going to Miami or even UCLA. This is a different country. She came home about five weeks ago. It's been one medical disaster after another. I kind of choked with Lou. I'm like, uh, back in the emergency room. And for a while, it was kind of a joke because she had all these different types of illnesses, nothing deadly, thank God. But it was getting crazy every day. Doctor, ER, I'm like, Ava, you're 19. You just got home. And then we got leveled with the big one. When she found out a couple of weeks ago at NYU, she's got Ramsey's Hunt. And that uh, did result in paralyzation of her face. The left side of her face is paralyzed. It can go away next week. It can go away next month. It could take a year. We don't know. Doctors don't know. They know it does go away. It's temporary, but it could be a year. So when my beautiful daughter smiles, for example, only one side of her face, her lip goes up and you see her teeth and she looks funny. I'm not going to lie to you. She knows it. She laughs. But it's got to be tough on a 19-year-old kid going out in the town, New York, London, and she's been sick. But she's a trooper. Her best friend from school in London, Neve, is in town the last couple of days. And uh, Neve's here till Saturday. And so Neve wants to be in broadcasting in England. She's very pretty, very smart. And she said, David, she said, is there any chance that your dad would allow me to come in and look at the studios? I said, Ava, I'll give you one step further than that. If you guys come in tomorrow, this was last night at the Met game. If you guys come in tomorrow at about 830, I'll put you both on the air. Now, Ava's been on the air a million times with me. You guys love when Ava and Gabe come on. She's great. But I said, I'll put Neve on, too. And the girl got very excited, obviously. So coming up at about 830 this morning, my daughter Ava makes a return visit. She said, Dad, no Trump. She's not a Trump fan. She was as a little girl. That's when Bernard loved her. God rest my uh, old partner's soul. He loved her. She was a huge Trumper. She has done a complete 180. She hates him now, hates him. So I don't think she'll sing happy birthday today to Donald Trump like Roger Stone did yesterday. But she's going to come in, Ava and Neve, at 830. So that's going to be emotional for me. Anytime my kids are in studio, Ava's first appearance with me, she was six. Gabriel, he was four. Now she's 19. And he, talking about Gabriel, when this show is done today, the emotion gets even bigger because I'm running to his school in Chelsea where today my son Gabriel will graduate the eighth grade and somehow or another, and I don't know how this happened, but my little boy Gabriel will be starting high school in September. And I have no idea how to handle it. No idea. You know, Bernie used to say, well, it's all great. The great chapters. Hey, Bernie, I miss you. I love you. Shut up. I'm begging you. This is brutal. My daughter goes to school in Europe. My son's going to high school. They're little kids. What's going on? So I got that coming up this morning, my son's eighth grade graduation. And uh, when that's over, then yes, then Gabe and I are going to hop on the ferry and head home only blocks away from the great Lou Rafino. Lou, you excited? I'll be back uh, living next to you, buddy. 
I first have to get over only I haven't seen anybody really have a fight with a dead person. Right, yet, right. And, he can't and even defend himself. Yeah. So that. that Mommy noticed that he was good like was... that. He always tried to find the positive in things, but I'm sorry. Bernie, it's up. such nonsense, Bernie. Shut up, God. <laughs> my daughter's like 2,000 miles away. My son's starting high school. There's nothing good about it. No, nothing. Just let you cry. That's it. Yeah. Just let him cry. You know, when I go to like places now and I see like little kids, I literally get melancholy. Ah, listen, I understand this is how life works, and I couldn't be more proud of both of my children. Abe is a great college law student. Gabe is a great student. They're great kids. And whatever they do, long after I'm gone, they're going to be great. I know that. But don't, don't tell me, well, it's all part of the whole process. Shut up, God. It's brutal. Brutal. My son is not supposed to be in high school. Just yesterday, I was wiping his ass. Well, not really just yesterday, but not that long ago. So it's uh, it's difficult for me. Maybe it was easy for Bernie. My sister Alana says the same thing. Oh, every chapter is beautiful. Shut up. God. I don't think it was easy for Bernie either, by the way. He, he said it was. Well, okay. Well, are you I, calling Bernie a liar? I clean. Now you're calling a dead man a liar. Yeah, well, I'm not fighting with him like you are and telling yeah. him to I'm shut up. I'm not fighting with him. I'm just telling him to shut up. Okay. Well, he's shutting up right now. So. Yeah. But <laughs> you're an idiot, you know that? It God. wasn't the easy. I don't think it was that easy for Mr. Bernard. Either. Yeah. It wasn't. He, he probably just showed it slightly. Well, different. I think he was just trying to be nice to me and trying to make the uh, the hurt less for me because he did love me. I love him. Well, I but can't. it's just, you know, it's just stupid. I can't imagine he God. didn't enjoy sitting there with you while you were crying. And well, rolling, fine. But. But it's okay. You're allowed. <laughs> I mean, some fathers, they, they don't care. You know, they're out there. They're playing golf. They're, they're banging every chick at the office. They can't wait for the kids to leave. That's going to be me. Right. That's you. Yeah. Me, I'm uh, I'm a real dad, you know. I mean, I'm a real dad. I do stuff with my kids every day. Every day. More my son now than my daughter, but for a long time it was all Ava. I think I drove Ava to tennis practice with Rick Macy. If you ever saw the movie with um, Will Smith when he played Serena and Venus's father, the guy Rick Macy, real-life character, had a big role in that movie, and that's who Ava trained with. And I think I drove her to tennis practice every day for about four years. I was there. I had my testicle operated on. True story, hernia operation. My balls were the size of softballs. The doctor said, you got to rest for a week. And the very next morning, the next morning, I walked about three miles because Ava had a tennis tournament in Coral Springs. I'm a real dad. Well, I don't just talk the game. I, I, I play the game. What? That story is going to make me cry. That yeah. feels like I would Well, it hurt a lot, bro. Yeah, that's why I'd cry. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's uh, a lot. And further evidence is just last night. Thanks to the great Pete Morgan, I took my son Gabriel, part of his graduation present, to the Met-Yankee game. And that was a great time. The fans were terrific. I'm not going to talk about me getting stopped every couple of seconds. It sounds lame, but it's true. I did. Took a lot of pictures. Even Gaby grabbed a couple of shots. And I think the best part of the game was Rick Pitino, my guy, the new head basketball coach at St. John's, threw out the first pitch. Are you ready for this? Guess who caught it? Cleveland Cavalier All-Star Donovan Mitchell, who could have been a Nick last summer, 
but he opted to take the money and go to Cleveland, and the Knicks kicked his ass in the playoffs, which is great. So you had Patino and Donovan Mitchell, beautiful night, great weather. R.A. Dickey was back, and Jay Horowitz was back. And the Mets build a 5-1 to one lead behind Max Scherzer, mind you. 5-1 with Scherzer on the mound just to lose the game. I mean, the Mets really suck. We are now five games under 500 after 67 games, 31 and 36. It's bad. Bad. Mets are in fourth place and even four back in the wild card. And by the way, that includes seven teams ahead of them. In other words, with about 100 games to go, the season is just about over. I don't want to hear about Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander tonight. I don't care. I left in the fifth inning because, first of all, it was already at 9 o'clock. They were scoring runs at a rapid pace. A stupid Met man behind me is yelling and screaming after every pitch, Yankees suck, Yankees suck. Then they beat us. So that was a depressing evening, but beautiful but depressing. If it could be both of those, could it be both of those, uh, Justin? No, it can only be depressing. You guys are looking up at the Pirates and Diamond. <laughs> How about that? That's unbelievable. Two good no? teams. No, I'm not selling those teams short. Pirates are a good story. Good for them. And the D-backs are great. I mean, this Carroll guy is gonna is like putting up MVP numbers. It's terrible. You guys are terrible. So I'm on the way to the Met game, and I'm texting back and forth with Sergio Gore. Now, you folks don't know who Sergio Gore is, but I'll tell you who he is. He's the publicist, and his company most recently did Judge Janine's book. So you may remember a couple of weeks ago, Judge Janine spent an entire hour, the 9 a.m. hour with me, promoting her new book, and it was a great hour. And Sergio Gore sat in. But besides doing Janine's book over the years, Sergio has done all of President Trump's books. And during an average week, Sergio Gore has dinner with President Trump about three or four times. They're very close. He's around President Trump as much, if not more, than Boris Epstein. Epstein, how is it? So I get a text from uh, Sergey, and he says, listen, if you want to come to Bedminster tonight to see the president, Come on out. And believe me for a second, I was like, you know, President Trump and he and I are clearly great friends. And then I'm like, wow, it's going to be the same people, right? I mean, Andrew Giuliani and all these, you know, sycophants. Andrew actually worked for Trump, to Andrew's credit. But it'll be him and um, the same press people. And and it's far away. It's Bedminster, New Jersey. And worst part of all, then I got to tell my son we can't go to the Met-Yankee game. So I declined. I said, no. In fact, I said, Sergio, do me a favor. Rather than be at this big event last night with a 100 screaming fans, what I really want is to come alone. Have Danielle and I come out on a Tuesday or Wednesday night to Bedminster when there's not a 1,000 people there and have a quieter night with the president. And he said, done. I'll take care of it. Now, Willie, I don't know. I have no idea. No idea. I have no idea if Trump even wants to do something like that. But that's what I decided to do, Lewis, was uh, not go to Bedminster last night and instead met Yankee game with Gabriel. Once again, I'm a real dad. Real dad. Who would turn down that opportunity to go see President Trump live? And I said, no, thanks. It's far away. Bedminster's You know, Father's Day is coming up on Sunday. I should get some type of award, just so you know. It is Father's Day this Sunday. I got a text from Danielle like an hour ago. She goes, 
Hey, uh, just so you know, I signed up for the Father's Day 5K run in Rockaway on Sunday morning. I go, wait a second. It's Father's Day and you're signing up for a run? Isn't that for the dads? She's like, no, anybody can do it. She's like, I want you to do what you want to do. it. I go, no, my knee is killing me. I thought she signed up for you. No, no, no. She's doing it. Uh, I can barely walk. <laughs> Father's Day is coming up Sunday. Happy so. Father's Day. That's, yeah, a good, thank you. that's a good Sunday. Yeah. That's good. So it is uh, Donald Trump's birthday today, 77 years old to the former president. And what a gift from Joe Biden. Joe Biden had the man arrested. He was arraigned in Miami yesterday. Happy birthday, Donnie, from your good buddy, Joey. we got a lot to cover. All the quotes from Donald Trump yesterday. Sewell, that's still a big story. Eric Adams, the mayor, tried to explain away what happened. And he said a bunch of words. And I have to be honest, I have no idea what he said. You know what scares me? Neither does he. So we got that story coming up and a bevy of amazing guests today. I mean, a ton of them. Frank Morano, Curtis Sliwa, Nancy Mace out of South Carolina, Joseph Takapina, my daughter Ava Rosenberg, Peter King, Michael Goodwin, and more. This is the Hump Day Wednesday edition of your favorite talk show. That's me, Sid Rosenberg, exclusively right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Who says he can't go home? Tell him, Bon Jovi, I'm going home. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter where you go. If it's a million miles away or just a mile up the road, take it in, take it with you when you go. This is your king. Informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Gets me to the church on time, according to David Bowie. 
Let's hear some uh, Trump stuff, shall we? Let's do it. The president, once again, happy birthday, President Trump, turned 77 years old today. You know, Andrew Giuliani once told me that uh, Trump doesn't like birthdays. I don't know if that's true or not, but Andrew was at the White House for four years, was there last night. And he told me a story that one time he wished Trump happy birthday on the golf course, and Trump got irritated. So I'm wishing Donald Trump a happy birthday because he's not here. According to Andrew, he doesn't like it. But he was um, back in Bedminster last night after being arraigned yesterday afternoon in Miami. And again, all that nonsense about, oh, there's going to be you know violent protests, and here comes January 6th. One moron got arrested. That was it. Well, two, including Trump. One guy got arrested, and that was it. There was no violent protest, any of that nonsense. So let's um, let's hear from him. I want to see uh, the Biden stuff. Where's the Biden stuff? I want that specifically. Uh, what is your name? Justin Ellick. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, Here it is, number 10. Yeah, let's list. start with Donald Trump Lewis, cut number 10, where he talks specifically about Joe Biden basically arresting him. President had his top political opponent arrested on fake and fabricated charges of which he and numerous other presidents would be guilty. Right in the middle of a presidential election in which he is losing very badly. This is called interference and yet another attempt to rig and steal a presidential election. More importantly, it's a political persecution like something straight out of a fascist or communist nation. This day will go down in infamy and Joe Biden will forever be remembered as not only the most corrupt president in the history of our country, but perhaps even more importantly, the president who together with a band of his closest thugs, misfits and Marxists tried to destroy American democracy. This was uh, in Miami. That quote was not in Bedminster. We'll get to the Bedminster quotes later. Let's stick with the Miami quotes because he used the word thugs. I love it to describe Joe Biden and his administration. And he's right. That's what they are. So here Trump talks about those thugs once again. This one actually was in New Jersey at Bedminster last night. This, Lewis, is Donald Trump, cut number seven. What these thugs, what these thugs have done to my family is a disgrace. I will tell you that. And I say it to all of the fake news because there's a lot of it. And one more time, he will exact the ultimate revenge come November 5th, 2024. Lewis, Donald Trump, cut number six. On November 5th, 2024, justice will be done. We will take back our country, and we will make America great again. Thank you. God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you very much. Great job. Thank you. <laughs> and there he goes, President Donald Trump last night, Bedminster, New Jersey. Great job. Again, a great talk about a great job. How about the guest list today? Frank Morano, Curtis Sliwa, Nancy Mace, Joseph Tacopina, Ava Rosenberg, Peter King, and it looks like Michael Goodwin as well. But now, along with traffic and Joe Nolan coming up next, it is Wednesday, time for the Tunnel to Towers update. Here, my dear friend, the CEO, Frank Siller, he's going to tell us how the foundation is honoring one of our nation's veterans in Virginia. Good morning, Frank. 
Good morning, Sid. Wow, it's exciting. We were down in Toweno, Virginia yesterday, and we welcomed Army Sergeant Logan Brocourt and his wife, Nicole, and their two beautiful children to their new mortgage-free smart home. Sergeant Brocourt enlisted in the Army in 2003. He had 17 years of active duty. He was deployed multiple times at both Iraq and Afghanistan. Sergeant Brokaw was critically injured in a military freefall training accident in 2018. He was approaching the landing area, and he executed a turn that caused him to hit the ground at a very high speed, where he is now paralyzed. For over a decade, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Smart Home Program has built these specially adapted smart homes to help our most catastrophically injured Veterans, like Sergeant Brokaw, and catastrophically injured first responders reclaim their day-to-day independence. I love everything you guys do for our veterans. Thank you for all your hard work, Frank. Thanks to the generosity and of support like you, Sid, and your great listeners. So go to T2T.org and donate $11 a month to support these great heroes and their families. Thanks, Sid. Thank you, Frank. Once again, donate just $11 a month for America's heroes. Do it today at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTechlist.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers on the diamond. What a game it was last night between the Mets and Yankees in this year's first installment of the Subway Series. The Yankees are running all the way back from a 5-1 to deficit against Max Scherzer and the Mets to take game one by a score of 7-6 to after a bumpy start on the hill out of Luis Severino. The Yanks look dead to rights in this one with a sloppy play really seeping into every aspect of their game, especially on defense. Before they eventually got to Scherzer and tagged him for a five-run fourth inning after uh, DJ LeMahieu went deep, a Volpe RBI double, two left, and a Bowers RBI single to right, gave the Bombers the lead, and they wouldn't look back from there. Tonight, we get to look forward to a blockbuster pitching matchup of Garrett Cole versus Justin Verlander as the two are set to go head-to-head in Game 2 and the finale of the series at 7 p.m. sharp tonight. On the ice last night, a Stanley Cup champion is finally crowned in the Vegas Golden Knights after they handily took care of the Florida Panthers in last night's Game 5 by score of 9-3. to The game was really a microcosm of the entire series with Vegas just dominating throughout to take what is now rightfully theirs in Lord Stanley's Cup. And just their sixth season in the league after entering the NHL in 2017 as an expansion team, the Golden Knights, they've quickly reached the mountaintop. You know what the, uh, the biggest sports story of the day is? Hmm. Later on tonight from Nationals Park in Washington, D.C., is the annual congressional baseball game. Oh, how about that? Last year, the Republicans beat the Democrats 10 nothing, 10 nothing. The highlight being Greg Stubbe's home run. Right, Stubbe out of Florida hits these long home runs. And, of course, on a tragic note, this was the game they were warming up for years ago when Steve Scalise was shot on the field yes. by a psychotic Bernie Sanders supporter. So tonight, Republicans versus Democrats, let's go red. How about that? You like that, right? Well, have all the highlights tomorrow morning. Hey, now. So, but uh, back to you guys here. The uh, Golden Knights, your Stanley Cup champions 2023. Your sports sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They are the world's best built boilers, and I'm Justin Alec on 77 WBC. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... 
That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life, and I had to start again with just my children and my wife. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today, cause the flag still stands for freedom, and they can't take that away. American, where at least I know I'm free, and I won't forget the men who died, who gave that right to me, and I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today, cause there ain't no doubt I love this land, God bless the U.S. Lee Greenwood saw right. The flag still stands for freedom on this flag day. And talking about Lee Greenwood and this great song, Lee is going to be live in studio with my friend Jen Kearns tomorrow morning and is going to perform this great song live on our program coming up from the studios here at 810 tomorrow morning. Margot Katzmatidi's favorite song, Lee Greenwood, live doing this song on the air coming up tomorrow at 810, it is Flag Day, along with President Trump's birthday. My first guest of the day does a tremendous job. He gets huge ratings. Huge. I mean that. Two guys on this station get unbelievable ratings, and that's me and Frank. Other side of midnight, 1 to 5 a.m. every morning, joins me on this program once a week. Here's my dear buddy, Frank Morano. Francis, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Sid. That's going to be something to have uh, Lee Greenwood in there. That's uh, that. That's one of a kind. I mean, that's something. Happy Flag Day. Yes, happy Flag Day to you. He's going to tell us the story when he wrote that song, where he was. It's actually a pretty cool story. But talking about Flag Day, you've got a good story that involves New York, Staten Island, the United States, and your lovely wife, Rachel. <laughs> well, it's funny. You know, I obviously, like you and like a lot of the listeners to uh, your show, I have an American flag in front of our house that was gifted to me by former Congressman Peter King. When he was in Congress, it was actually a flag that flew over the nation's capital. Very honored to fly that flag. Oh, by but- the way, Peter King is going to join me as he does every Wednesday, 840 this morning. He better confirm that. Uh, the bigger question is, why did he give you that flag? Well, I, I, you know, he basically it was a housewarming gift. Uh, my oh, wife and I nice. had just moved into a new house, very and nice. he sent it to us. It was very, right. very thoughtful. But I think that it's important to have patriotism not just for your country, but for your state and for your city. And I think it's important to have a love and a desire to improve those places, just as you would your country. So, I we also have a New York State flag, and I wanted to put up the New York City flag and the Staten Island flag as well. <laughs> but my wife exercised her veto power. 
hour, and she said, "No, I'm limiting you to only two flags. You can't, you can't have more than two. People are going to show up here thinking it's an embassy and start trying to pay tickets or something." She's right. So, um, so I'm trying to get a waiver for Flag Day. No, she's right. Flag up there Three today. or four we'll flags see. is way too much. I mean, uh, listen, Frank. I know you love Staten Island. I got news for you. It ain't that great. It's just not. <laughs> it's not worthy of a flag. Are you nuts? Staten How could Island you say flag? that? On Donald Trump's birthday, the only borough that voted for him. That's true. You guys are great when it comes to that. And we love our baseball team, the uh, Berry Hawks. And we love Vito Pacella and uh, a few other guys, Borelli, Tobacco, Nicole. We love all of you. But, uh, my God, a flag for Staten Island. I mean, that is, it's hard to believe they even have one. But is there like oh, a, come on. I'm being serious. Listen, Frank, I hate to break this to you, but outside of a couple of mobsters and wannabe mobsters... <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what's Staten Island. I mean, what do you guys do out there? What do you do? Well, we have great restaurants. We have great no, you culinary don't. institutions. You don't have one great, not even one great restaurant on Staten Island. Not even one. How about Angelina's? You ever go to Angelina's? No, no one's even heard of it. No one's even oh, heard of it. Pl- all right. Well, You're going to then... compare Angelina's to like Rayo's or Michael's or come on. First of all, there's five tables in Rayo's, so yeah. I, there's no comparison it's to, like 10 uh, tables. to That's Angelina's. Fine. Yeah. And um, and Michael's of Brooklyn is, I yeah. think, maybe one of the best restaurants in America, so I'm not going to compare right. anything to Michael's. But yeah. uh, we have a lot of terrific restaurants, well, you have not none. just Italian restaurants. You have none. You have terrible no. restaurants. Yeah. All right. Well, I will take you happily yeah. on a Staten Island culinary tour. What? And you will, I will make a believer out of you. Believe okay. Me. That's, a, that's a date. I'm serious. It's going to happen, bro. You and I... I I would love it. My treat. I will happily. No, you don't got a treat. Uh, ha- you don't have to treat. Uh, if, if you can actually find three good restaurants, I'll be happy to treat. Three. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. You're on. You're on. Now, your friend Roger Stone was on yesterday. In fact, we put him singing Happy Birthday to Donald Trump in uh, today's Open, and he uh, he mentioned you. He, now, he called you Deep Dish Murano. What is that all about? You know, it's sort of this, this, it was like a lot of things with Roger. It's an inside joke that he's taken way too far and that no one gets and including barely me. He actually referenced that to me in his book. Now, Roger and I go back a long time, a close to 25 years and, uh, we've been through a lot together, thick and thin. I, I, um, you know, been there for each other. I think at times when a lot of others didn't know who the other one was or didn't want to know who the other one was. <laughs> and, um, it, there was one time he was trying to do a radio show this may be about five or six years ago and i was volunteering to produce it so i went and he's recording things i arranged all the interviews and i was doing everything and i asked roger and one of his guests i think it was actually john tobacco i said oh do you want me to order some food now i ordered i paid and um i ordered from al's chicago deep dish pizza now i didn't have a chance because they were recording to ask what do you prefer the thin crust or the deep dish but i I figured if they authorized me to order from a place that has deep dish in the title, that I should get the deep dish. So I ordered the deep dish, and I got lambasted that, (laughs) no, this is New York. You shouldn't order Chicago-style deep dish pizza uh, we're all we don't eat that much carbs like you do uh, this will get you thrown out of staten island you're supposed to be a proponent of thin crust so whatever i figured it would be funny for like a day or so he's been going on about this for six years <laughs> yeah. he, he wrote a book called stone's rules and uh, there's a section that i mentioned in and he refers to me in the pizza section as frank deep dish morano so uh it's gotten way way out of hand it's jumped the shark <laughs> It's a huge honor, though. All right, let's get to uh, you sent me a a story yesterday that uh, two of my friends, really, Inna Vernikov, who's really a close friend, 
has been going at it with Ari Kagan, who's not really a friend, but I've uh, pretty much endorsed him because of Curtis Sliwa and Nicole Maliotakis. He needs to beat Justin Brandon. Somebody needs to beat Justin Brandon. Not sure that uh, Ari can do it. You don't think he can. But there's a fight between Vernikoff, I guess, and Kagan. What is that about? Well, I think this is Vernikov really trying to help her candidate that's in the Republican primary against Kagan. Is this any so, uh, something or other? Yeah, yeah. Anna Belfiore yeah, Delfaust. Enough with that. Enough with that, who, who, please. Who most people believe actually lives not in Brooklyn but in Staten Island, but apparently that's a very fashionable thing to do these days. So basically she publicly threw some a shade Kagan's way on Twitter by uh, mentioning the fact that he was a Democrat until recently, and she sort of questioned his uh, GOP credentials. And he is, I think, sort of supporting a candidate that's running against her in her own Republican primary. The reality is uh, that both of these people are probably going to win their primaries, Kagan and Vernikov, and hopefully after the primary they can find a way to work together again. But, yeah, I mean, I think they will. Uh, well, I think Vernikov is going to win her race, too. She's going to beat this Russian guy, then win Kagan, I'm not sure. And it's funny you say it's kind of fashionable to say you live in one place and live in another because we're not, not uh, that far removed from me interviewing Samantha Zerka on this show, that District 13 race, which goes directly back to the GOP chair, Mike Rendino. And uh, Curtis has done a very good job, both of you guys, of exposing this guy who says he lives in the Bronx, but it seems like he may be living in Garden City. What about the latest on that race? Well, look, I think if um, – I don't know where that race goes. I mean, I think Rendino's sister, Marmorado, is still the is still the favorite. But uh, I don't know. I wouldn't count Curtis out with his candidate, George Haverinek. And uh, he's got a lot of support in there. I don't know that uh, Zerka has a path to victory in that primary. But with ranked choice voting, honestly, you never know. If Zerka gets a lot of women that rank Christie first to rank her second and uh, gets a lot of the anti-establishment vote that's not crazy about the Rendino leadership and uh, the folks that might be ranking Havernack first to rank her second. Who knows? It's not uh, it's not inconceivable that she could pull off a uh, major upset. But if I was handicapping the primary, I would say Marmorado probably wins. And that's actually a, a race that the Republicans could actually make a run at in the general election. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I would think the Republicans would be better off if they had a chairperson that actually lived in the Bronx. Nothing against Mike, but uh, I, li- I like him. When I've met him, he, he strikes me as smart and engaged. But um, if he doesn't live in the Bronx, I don't understand why he's the Bronx Republican chairman. Host of The Other Side of Midnight, making his weekly appearance on this program, my friend Frank Morano. So uh, everybody knows, of course, uh, when you married your lovely wife, the mother of Carmine Rachel, a couple of years ago, that uh, your wedding was kind of like the Godfather wedding. You had every mobster from Brooklyn to Boca at that affair, and uh, especially John Gotti's son, Junior. I don't know, Junior. I know that uh, Curtis does, but <laughs> so it turns allegedly. out, <laughs> yeah, allegedly. So it turns out that uh, Gotti's kid, the junior, not John Senior, his kid, John the Third, is this big MMA fighter. And if you folks don't know, much in the spirit of Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather, Gotti's grandson, your friend Junior's son, fought. Floyd Mayweather a couple of weeks ago or last week, it turned out it went about five rounds. All hell broke loose, complete chaos, people getting beat up at the at the arena. And, in fact, at one point, I guess John's sister, the granddaughter of the, the senior John Gotti, threatened the life 
of Floyd Mayweather's daughter. I mean, this has everything you want, like a real mob movie. What is uh, the truth behind all this Mayweather Gotti stuff? Well, and actually, there's now been an arrest made in this uh, situation. A reality TV star was actually arrested after the brawl that erupted here. You, this is uh, crazy. This is worse than anything the WWE has ever seen. But uh, the video, um, the video shows this woman, this reality TV star, uh, jo- Joseline Hernandez, beating on someone named Big Lex, and uh, she's beaten up Big Lex. Lex, uh, pretty, pretty bad. And you hear people in the cell phone video say, hey, man, st- somebody stop that blank. Stop that girl. She's killing that girl. And these are people that weren't even involved in the fight. I have no idea what went on here, but I, uh, I have been in touch with, with Team Gotti, uh, who I am absolutely siding with in the Gotti versus Mayweather feud. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we get uh, John the Third to either call in tonight or tomorrow night to wow. give us his side of the story. Oh, that so, would be huge. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, we'll I, see. I, would even, I, am, uh, I would even replay that whole interview on this show tomorrow because I'm so fascinated by the whole Gotti thing and uh, this kid, John the Third. Now, the, the question is, his sister, who, again, uh, I'm going to, you know, comes out there and, and threatens Mayweather's daughter, how serious, I can't remember asking this question about a Gotti, but how serious can we take his sister? She seems really pissed. You know, I was actually, um, I was at a wedding where, um, with with her one time, and uh, what is my her name again? got a little... Uh, Nicolette. Nicolette, Nicolette. Right, uh, right. A wonderful, what beautiful woman, beautiful woman, uh, now a, a mom, and uh, I've known her uh, a little bit for a you long are, time. You are she's, such a pussy. It's unbelievable. She threatens life. I think she's terrific. <laughs> yeah, but I have seen, I, I brought her, uh, I brought a, a a girl, not my wife, but before I was married to a wedding, and my date got a little, a little carried away in terms of drunkenness and made a little bit of a scene. And I will tell you, Nicolette, certainly can be very tough and very intimidating when she wants to be. And uh, I, so I've seen that side of her a little bit. <laughs> However, yeah. I think um, this is just kind of more social media trash sure. talking. Right. I don't think anything's going to sure. uh, go anywhere with it. She's right. never been arrested. I don't know that she's ever even been accused of assaulting anyone or anything like that. She strikes me as just a normal, uh, normal young adult that I don't see engaging in violence or anything like that. Okay. The other girl will be dead in less than a month. Six 60 seconds to go here. <laughs> Give me your uh, your take on Trump. You know, again, I read the indictment last body. I spoke to mutual friends who said he's done, he's finished. I got to tell you, as the days are moving along, now he's been arrested, he's been arraigned, he ain't done. He ain't even close to being done. In fact, I believe this is, again, the same thing as the Brad case. This fuels him, fuels his supporters, And I think Donald Trump this morning, after being very nervous a couple of days ago, is alive and well. 60 seconds. What does Frank Morano think? Uh, I do think it's a bit stronger of a, of a criminal case than the, than the Bragg case. Well, that for is, some yes. Of the re- yes that's, for some of the reasons right. that Dershowitz pointed out in his Wall Street Journal op-ed this week, uh, which I thought was largely on the money. I think what a lot of Trump supporters look at when they see this, though, is a selective enforcement of justice. They see, uh, you know, General Petraeus, who, while he was the head of the CIA, had no problem sharing classified information, including giving up the identities of covert operatives serving overseas to his mistress and then lying to the FBI about it, they didn't seek jail time for 
him. He got away with paying a $40,000 fine. You see the former national security advisor, uh, Sandy Berger, actually shoving top secret documents from the National Archives down his pants and trying to destroy them to intentionally hide information and control the narrative to the 9-11 Commission. That's certainly a much more malicious intent than anything Trump's accused of doing. They didn't seek jail time for him. He got away with a fine and probation. So uh, the fact that a lot of other folks at the presidential level, at the NSA level, at the CIA director level, that they never sought jail time for a lot of these folks while they're seeking it for Trump, it leads a lot of Trump supporters to think that maybe there's two standards of justice in this country. And I think it's incredibly divisive. And if Joe Biden was smart here, and if he cared about the country, since basically a guy that he appointed who it w- was indirectly appointed by him is the one prosecuting this case, what Biden should do tomorrow for the good of the country, for his sake, for Trump's sake and the people's sake is pardon Trump unconditionally on all these charges. It would send the message to the country that Biden's a statesman. And if Trump accepts that pardon, just like Gerald Ford said when he pardoned Nixon, that would be an admission of of guilt on these charges. Trump sure. gets away with no charges, right. no legal fees, no jail time. Love it. Biden gets away with the moral high ground. And Love if it. Trump doesn't accept the pardon, he could say, look, I tried to do the right thing for the country. That's what Biden should do tomorrow. And uh, I have no confidence that he will, but that's right. what he should do. Right. Uh, there's a better chance David Duke will win the NAACP award for, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, listen, uh, that's a great job. Your show, Other Side of Midnight, is great. I know your podcast is kicking ass, and you do a great job with me here every week. Frank Morano, I love you, buddy. Thank you so much. I, I love you too, Sid. And uh, if people ever can't stay awake for the podcast, they can check it out. Uh, stay awake live. They can check out the podcast, WABCRadio.com. There he is, 1 to 5 a.m. every morning, Frank Morano. And don't forget, again, live in studio tomorrow at 810, performing this great patriotic song, Lee Greenwood, Curtis Sleever, starts hour number two. Next. American, where it is, I know I'm free. And I won't forget the man who died, who gave that Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA Talk Radio 77 WABC This is Sid and Friends in the Morning What'd you say? Be just a friend Oh, you're my best friend 77 WABC got that disco sound to it who must be coming up next does a tremendous job noon to one every weekday owns the weekends and uh some met band told me at the game last night being honest he goes you know i never really loved curtis slewa before but since he's been coming on your show every day he's become my favorite guy and i said that's because he's great and he is great and uh here he is again for his wednesday appearance 
my good buddy Curtis Sliwa, who already, already has an issue with my previous guest, Frank Morano. Let's clear the deck here. First off, that was a great song. Gift from the French people, like so many gifts. Patrick Jouvet, I Love America. You never heard a disco song from any American, I Love America. So they helped us. Well, wait a second. What about James Brown? Living oh, in America. You are correct. Rocky Three. Yeah. I apologize. That, right. that is a great song. Yeah. But imagine a Frenchman did this in the middle <laughs> of the disco era, just like they gave us the Statue of Liberty in our harbor. And without them, we would be uh, we would have the Union Jack, uh, you know, that we'd have to be saluting to. But anyway, I digress. May I just say to that Met fan, the reason that um, he never liked me before is, you know, I've been he very didn't open. He didn't say he didn't like you. He said he wasn't the biggest yeah, fan. He well, liked you. Well, but because now he loves you. Because, remember, I've always said, I hate the Mets, and I still do. <laughs> remember, I was on the stage at Bryant Park, year 2000. Rudy Giuliani said, I want Curtis to warm up the crowd. Mets fans on one side, Yankee fans on the other side. His deputy mayor, Randy Levine, said, don't do it. He's going to pour gasoline on the fire. I said, you Met fans, you three-eyed cousin fornicators. I go to the Shade Stadium, look at the parking lot. It looks like a demolition derby reject. There's almost a riot. And so Rudy comes up to me and goes, good job. I'm going to add gasoline to the fire because, you know, he hated the Mets too. Of course. So I understand that. But real baseball fans will never say, oh, I like the Mets and the Yankees. No, no, no. No, no, you can't do that. Visceral hate. Visceral hate. That's when I got my uh, real first, uh, I got the FAN job because of that Subway Series, because WNEW was about to uh, not extend my contract. They had hired Craig Carton with me. They were keeping Craig. They were sending me home. And I met Mark Chernoff and all those folks during a Mike and the Mad Dog live show at Rockefeller Center during the Subway Series. That's how I got the job, exactly. Mets Yankees, exactly. 23 years ago. Let already. me tell you something. It was better than a wet dream, better than sex last <laughs> night. Clay Holmes coming in like Mariano nice. with that singer. All of a sudden, it looked like the Mets were on the precipice of victory right in the Subway Series. 7-6, one run lead. Lindor, strike three, Starling Marte, <laughs> strike three. Nice. Yankees win. Yankees win! Hey, look, the Yankees, they're, they're in third place behind both Baltimore and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is a great team, although Oakland's got them two days in a row. But the Yankees are still 10 games over 500. Right now, they're a wild card playoff team. The Mets are five games under 500, seven teams ahead of them in the wild card race. So, Yankees are fine. The Mets, horrible. Let me, though, salute you for the decision you made. Here it is. The phone call came in from very influ- influential people. We're not talking about people on the periphery. Hardcore Trumpers right at the core who could get you into Bedminster and get you in front of the groupies, not behind where all the groupies are. And you made a decision, which is relevant to your status in New York City now. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I am the number one talk show host in the tri-state area, maybe in the nation now, definitely in mornings. No, no, I want a one-on-one with Donald Trump. Well, that's what I said to Sergio. I said, I don't want to be standing around 9,000 sycophants and the regular folks that are there all the time. And maybe it's not going to happen. Maybe, but I would like the opportunity for me and Danielle to come on a 
Tuesday or Wednesday, quiet night after golf, sit down with the president one-on-one. Sure on right. one, and he said, no, we'll do it. So we'll see. You were so right. Thank just, you. Just don't mention my name at my ruinous night. Wait, does he uh, still hate you? No, we've had a love-hate relationship. Yes. And yes. obviously I feel what's happening now is the absolute udiscrazia. And it's better coming from me. A guy who's been called a rhino, you know, a never-Trumper, as opposed to people who've always supported Trump. This is the absolute worst. But let me talk about Frank Morano, who would have dropped everything to go out to Bedminster and would have been parking cars, <laughs> would have been doing valet parking, anything to be out there. But he's not a big Trump guy either. He just wants to be at the big event. Yeah, yeah. Right. But no, he, he's truly a Trump supporter. Oh, he is. I must tell you that. Uh, and right. he was a Trump supporter longer on... He, Maliotakis, Borelli, I told you the story, Roger Stone. They went to Trump Tower to try to convince Donald Trump to run against Andrew Evilized Cuomo for governor. And they made a very compelling uh, pitch. And then Roger Stone stepped in and he said, Mr. President. Now remember, Mr. President, he said, you are ripe to run for the presidency. You do not want to run for governor. And Roger Stone superseded all the others who had the best of intentions for Trump. And obviously the state of New York would have been better to have Donald Trump as our governor. But Roger Stone was the first person to promote Donald Trump for the presidency. He is the confidant. He is the Rasputin. But let's talk about Frank Morano. What a sucker. He gets on and he says, Peter King gave him an American flag that flew over the Capitol, right? He did say that as a housewarming gift for he and his lovely wife, Rachel, in their palatial estate on Staten Island. What a scam this is. What? There are 535 members of Congress. All of them give away flags that they all claim flew over the Capitol. This reminds me when Slammy Sammy Sosa hit his 66 home run, (laughs) finished second to roided up Mark McGuire. They were both roided up in 1990. McGuire had 70, and then he did a tour. He's in front of City Hall. I was there with the Guardian Angels because some of them Dominican. They love Sammy Sosa. Oh, he's the best. He's giving Rudy his 66 <laughs> bat. He gave his 66 bat to 24 different oh, people around the country, around the world, including in Osaka, Japan. And it turned out his real 66 bat was in Cooperstown. Oh, boy. Oh, I mean, it's just the same boy, thing. Same thing. And Rudy was all happy. Oh, oh I got the 66 no. bad. Oh, my oh, God. Now you've ruined the whole thing for Frank Morano. Now, uh, while you ruined Frank's story, you told me you've got your own great flag day story. Yes, but before we do that, I may want to uh, bring Frank before the commission again. What? He took a shot at Bo. He took a shot at Rayos. And remember, when he you were talking about that, yes, and he did. by the way, uh, he was sing- I, I don't know if you heard it on the way in. 4 a.m. this morning, I heard it. Of course I didn't hear he it. He sang for five minutes on the air. I looked at the stream. It crashed. What was he singing? Oh, my God. The worst singing. You'd- I'm going to send you. <laughs> I got the tape. What I'm was gonna the send song? It to Why you. was he singing? Doesn't matter. Uh-oh. That's it. He comes no. before the commission. He's not hired to sing. Well, now you've He's got... He's not Vinny Madunio. I understand, but now that is uh, two names you've given me in the last 13 hours that you want to put before the commission. One, my dear friend, defense attorney, Arthur Idala. Oh, we'll get to now him Frank Morano. Uh, it's a lot there. That's a no, lot, no. In Curtis. In fact, let's get, let's get to uh, your very dear friend, yes. Arthur Idala. Oh, my God. Yesterday, he comes on. He's a great <laughs> legal expert. Yeah. But then he starts to compare... The case of Harvey Weinstein, the worst serial rapist and sexual assaulter of all time, to Donald Trump's case. He did it twice. 
And you gave him poly prep day school immunity. Yes, I did. You didn't pick up on it. I thought you know, it was great. You know who picked up on it? No. Lou picked up on it. What? A lot of people picked up on it and said, how dare he compare well, the there, two? There, there is a rumor that uh, the great mayor, Rudy Giuliani, picked up on it. Yes. He even commented on it, but I will not allow you to put Rudy on the record unless Rudy calls this show and admits to me publicly me that he's angry. Now, let me tell you something. Rudy is a client of Arthur Idala. He turned on his attorney you listen to it again because you gave him a pass so you did. gave him the poly prep day school pass <laughs> yeah, it was like great. you do tacopino who represented a roid remember a roid i don't use steroids and then there was tacopino this is an attack on latinos well, right about that. it's the worst spurless in meantime then all of a sudden a roid said yeah i use steroids wait a second that's the guy you picked you know he also represented lilo broncado from a Bronx tale whose partner shot a cop, and he also represented Joran Vandersloot, who basically killed. You made my he case. Killed All right, the that's girl three in a row. Down for You're the count. About Alex Rodriguez. No poly prep day <laughs> school immunity. So I want him brought before the commission. Now, yes, let's get to flag day. So I'm at Patricia's last night in Throg's Neck, right on Tree. What a great place. Oh, it is so amazing. Why were you there? Oh, I was there for the fundraiser for George Havranak. Oh, you were? Who's running for city council. He's going to lose to Mike Rondino's sister. No, no, me. that's Frank Morano. When's the last time Frank Morano was in that district? He couldn't find that district with a GPS. He only knows Staten Island. Come on. Even in his conversation with you today, every second word, Staten Island, Staten Island. You really think Frank Morano knows about that race? Well, well, I wouldn't. I think you probably know more, but I think he does know. Yes, he knows. He knows Ugats. That's well, what, what, what he what, knows. What, what if he's right? What if Havernack loses? Well, let me tell you something. The women came to us. Both George Havernack, who's done constituent service, he's running in the Republican primary for city council, and they said, Curtis George, I have lived at a condo complex run by Cornerstone Management for 20 years. It's great. It's in Country Club. That's another place Frank Morano has never been to. This is a gorgeous community in Throg's Night. Yeah. Let, me, let me read to you the letter that I saw that they gave me, and they were crying. It has come to the board's attention that residents are hanging flags on their porches for all to see. The women said, we're flying the American flag. It's flag day. June 14th! <laughs> yeah, okay. That, uh, the board doesn't want them flying the American flag, so well, I what say. What is wrong with these people? I said to the women, I said, I will be out there with you. Over my dead body will they remove those American flags. Thank you for that, the great American you are. And George Havinick said, absolutely. But notice, they knew where to come. Yeah. They didn't go to Mike Rendino. They didn't go to the Democrats well, who probably would have burnt the flag. Mike they didn't Rend go to AOC, who's the congresswoman there, who would have applauded that. True. They came to George Havinick and Curtis Lee <laughs> because they knew we would get action. And let me tell you, Cornerstone Management, you remove those flags... And you're going to have to arrest me and put me before the DEA in the Bronx, Darcel Clark, who's the female version of Alvin Bragg, <laughs> that Mike Grandino won't even run a candidate against as a GOP chairman, and is going to record and say, oh, she's such a good DA. Yeah, she's a good DA, so she won't prosecute you for political corruption. <laughs> we have about three minutes to go. I want to hit two other major stories. Uh, we need your help in my neighborhood. I'm going home tonight. And uh, you and I talked about this a couple of days ago. I don't often go to 116. It's pretty far away from my house, walking at least. It's a quick drive. But uh, I used to go to, like, the chef's table over there. My buddy Vinny owns Rocco's right there. 
I see people walking on 116. They are drug addled, the night of the living dead, some real low lives. Will the guardian angels take spot on 116 in Rockaway Beach? Now that you have finally returned to the Irish Riviera, after not listening to me and your own son, Gabe, you're going to his graduation today. It was the Friday before Christmas. I said, Sid, you better take Woodhaven Boulevard back. You better stop at Home Depot. Your pipes are going to burst. You said, oh, no, then. I said, the temperature's going to drop 50 degrees. Even Gabe said, Dad, he's right, he's right. <laughs> you wanted to take the speed ferry. They wouldn't even let the speed ferry go. The very next day, what happened? Poof, 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 poof. There went your beautiful, gorgeous house, and you have been like a gypsy ever since. Every time you go to a hotel, they would tell you, I'm sorry, Mr. Rosenberg, we're moving in illegal aliens uh, at the beginning of Monday. You're going to have to move out. And you would say, let me call Eric Adams. And he would say, nothing we can do. It's Catholic charity. Sorry. Talk to Cardinal Dolan. You know that. It was your son and I who warned you. But you're so pretentious, obstinate. You didn't go to the Irish there who have to deal with this every year. You're right. I should have done that. The Jew knew everything. Oh, I'm a chosen person. You wouldn't know what to do with a hammer and a bag of nails. Oh, the worst. Curtis, I can't change a light bulb. Now, in the uh, the final two minutes of yes. his unbelievable appearance, once again, i got to give you all the credit because just a couple of days ago on this show, really unprovoked, you came out and said, hey, our police commissioner is very unhappy with the mayor. She's very unhappy with Phil Banks. She's unhappy with Jeff Madry, all of them. And literally five hours later, this is unbelievable to your credit, Curtis, she stepped down. She resigned. Now, the mayor said something yesterday. I have no idea what he's talking about. Some old proverb from his mother. It made no sense. It was nonsense. He knows he effed up here. But it seemed like Eddie Caban was going to be the next guy to take that position. Yes. Now I'm hearing maybe not. Well. I'll tell you what's going on. Imagine roller derby. You used to watch roller derby, the scrum, remember? Charlie O'Connell, you know, of the San Francisco Bay Area Bombers would always come to the front. So it started out yesterday, Eddie Caban will be the interim police commissioner because he was Sewell's shadow. Everywhere you would see Sewell, Eddie Caban would be there, the deputy number three person in the department because he knew the whole department. He's well-respected. Sewell knew nothing, right? So he would wish that. And she appreciated that. He was a true gentleman. So he will be the interim uh, commissioner starting on July 1st. But all of a sudden yesterday, the brothers and sisters were saying to Eric Adams, BPIC, black people in charge, it's our day. Well, what about Rodney Harrison? Rodney Harrison, yes. who went out to become the police commissioner in Suffolk County. Yes. He sucks. He and I'll sucks. tell you what. He, <laughs> Shay, and de Blasio pulled a billion dollars out of the NYPD budget. Did you see Rodney Harrison say, oh, no, I'm resigning. I will not pull a billion dollars out. He justified it with the police commissioner, the lapdog full of de Blasio. Where are you, Shay? Oh, you are a double shanda, double OD scratcher. They never put the billion dollars back. And I'll tell you what, coming up in the outside of this scrum roller derby is all of a sudden Timothy Pearson. A mayoral aide, former cop, he was at the Racino in Aqueduct. He was double-dipping. He was getting paid there and paid by Adams at City Hall. All of a sudden, he got cold busted And the brother comes up to Eric Adams and says, Eddie Caban's complexion is not his protection. V-P-I-C. Black people are in charge. So now we got a real scrum. Look, you know I hate Eric Adams for what he's doing in the city. Smartest move he could do 
is make Eddie Cabana, a great man, the first Latino Hispanic police commissioner. Hispanics will remember that till the ends of time. Don't be doing that black thing. Let me tell you something, Eric Adams. You got enough blacks in charge, and two of them are tainted and should be in jail. Bill Bates and Jeffrey Manji. It's time for the Liberty Loving Latino, Eddie Command from Castle Hill in the Bronx. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Donald. And I'm allowed to call him that. Happy birthday to you. I got to tell you, you sold yourself short, man. I mean, let's not mile him and rope for the Kennedys, but it's a close second. I try to discover a little something to make me sweeter. Oh, baby, to refrain from breaking my heart. I'm so in love with you. I'll be forever blue. That you give me no reason. On this show yesterday, singing happy birthday to President Donald Trump. Today is President Trump's birthday. What a gift from Joe Biden. Had him arrested. He was arraigned in Miami yesterday, and he don't care. He back in Bedminster, probably playing golf right now. Had a great rally last night. Hundreds showed up. And he's going to spit in the face of this crooked and corrupt DOJ and Biden administration and win the presidency. That's the bottom line. You can keep indicting them. You tried to impeach them twice, all these hoaxes. Guess what? None of it worked. None of it worked. Not until you rigged the election. And I don't mean by computers or votes and all that stuff because people get angry. I mean just suppressing the Hunter Biden information. That alone may have caused President Trump the election in 2020. But you're going to come back now and kick your ass. You know, sit around today like Joe and Mika, pleasuring yourself all morning long on television. How gross that is. But he ain't giving up, and today he celebrates his 77th birthday, a young 77, unlike Biden. Biden's 80, and Biden's got a foot and a half in the grave. So Roger Stone sang him happy birthday. Nancy Mace, she's become uh, my new buddy. She's a big deal. Congresswoman out of South Carolina. And I guess I didn't know this, but Mace has had an ongoing back and forth with Trump. Not always his biggest fan. But things have changed. Even some of Trump's biggest detractors are now saying, come on, enough is enough. This is ridiculous. You're going to arrest a president of the United States for documents? This is nuts. So she's going to join me coming up next, Nancy Mace. Then we'll talk to Joseph Takapina. He'll be on at 810. 
And then my daughter's come. Actually, my daughter's on the way here now. My uh, daughter Ava and her friend Neve. Ava and Neve will be live on the air at 8.30, or as Mike Francesa says, Ava. And then um, we'll talk to the great Congressman Peter King, who has some explaining to do about that Frank Morano flag. That'll be about 8.45. Michael Goodwin, New York Post, 9.05. Somebody dove hike in. One of the guys from um, NGU Hatred coming up at 9.40. And uh, that's it. That's the show. So it's uh, another great Wednesday show leading up to uh, Father's Day coming up this Sunday. Don't forget that, folks. Justin, are you going home for Father's Day? No. You don't, you don't really like your father very much, do you? You like your mom, but your father, not that much, right? I love my dad. I'm actually more like my dad, personality-wise. But you guys never hang out. You never do anything together. I mean, nothing. Well, nothing. that's because we both just don't really have the time. And yeah. uh, to be honest, you don't like him very much, I'm, do not you? Even, I'm not even sure he knows it's Father's Day. Yeah. My dad. So. Well, you're sure that's your father. No, I'm really not, actually, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, he's like five, five, five. I know. Well, your mother is tall, the great Adina. Not even, I mean. Not really? Of, my uncle is six foot on her side. But, you know, how How did I become six foot? Who I knows? give up. How? You know, uh, I spoke to Alina Haba yesterday. I saw some Instagram post that she was going on Eric Bowling's show. And I'm like, let me ask you something. You told my producers this week you're too busy with POTUS. You're going on bowling show on Newsmax? Really? She goes, Sid, what are you talking about? Um, as we speak, sitting next to President Trump on the plane back from Miami. I'm not going anywhere near bowling show. I'm like, okay, then I, I apologize, because Alec told me that you were doing that. and I did throw you under the bus, even though you had nothing to do with it. I mean, nothing. Well, you didn't have to say that. I would have I gone along with it. <laughs> I know. You, you, he did promote her. As one of his eight guests last night, Rudy Giuliani, Joe Tacopino, all these people. Yeah. So she was standing outside uh, a courthouse yesterday. Well, maybe it was pre-taped. You know, that we, they news stations have that capability sometimes. They do? To pre-tape interviews. Nothing about this. No. She says that uh, Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, all these people should be prosecuted, too, over their documents. But uh, Alina doesn't get this. It doesn't matter. Like, in a court of law... If you're Donald Trump's attorneys, you can't go, well, they did it. I mean, why don't these people get that? The attorneys should understand that. I understand the politicians. They're different. They're making a political story. But it doesn't matter what Biden did. It doesn't matter what um, Clinton did. So, um, you know, you could email me all you want that you're sitting next to the president. You're not, you know, you're not uh, on Eric Bowling's show, but. She did make it. It is a, the point is fair though, that Clinton and Biden should be in prison to play that. I guess uh, Haba cut number eleven. Number eleven. Countless other individuals, Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden himself, retained possession of classified documents that have not been prosecuted, and none of them came into possession of those documents while they were president. None of them were president, who as the head and sole member of the executive branch has the power to summarily declassify documents. The decision to pursue charges against President Trump while turning a blind eye to others is emblematic of the corruption that we have here. She makes a good point. Hillary was not president. Biden was vice president. So that's where she makes the best point of all. 
in that um, little, I guess, speech there. We are going to talk to Nancy Mace, big rising star. Some people think maybe she's got a shot at Trump's VP. I don't know. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. She sits alone by lamppost. Trying to find a thought that's escaped her mind. She says, There's the one I love the most. Great Darius Rucker, Hootie and the Blowfish out of South Carolina. Anytime, you know, it's kind of like when Miranda Devine comes on, the great columnist from the New York Post. We play Australian music, the church, and other bands like that. Anytime the great congresswoman Nancy Mace out of South Carolina comes on, she gets some Hootie. So here she is at 745. (laughs) Nancy Mace, you know, I'm looking at Steve Scalise. Out of Louisiana on TV right now. Steve and I have become friendly over the years, and he's dressed in a baseball mm-hmm. uniform. People may remember years ago, he was warming up for the congressional baseball game. Uh, days before the game, when some psychotic Bernie Sanders supporter showed up with a shotgun and shot him on the field and almost killed him. Thank God Scalise, a great man, survived. But he's out there because tonight at National Stadium in Washington, D.C., is the congressional baseball game. We won last year. Republicans beat the Democrats 10 to nothing. Very simple question. In this world, which is still dominated by men, despite your Congress seat, are you allowed to play? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, women are allowed to play. I will be there cheering the team on wearing a Citadel shirt tonight. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to wear a Citadel baseball jersey tonight, wearing my alma mater's colors. Uh, But it should be a good time. It'll be the one time that we're bipartisan. And um, tonight, maybe this year. <laughs> so it wasn't bipartisan. I wish at the end of the game, like the Republicans just started beating up the Democrat players on the field. They're like, like the bad news bears, just an all-out brawl. That would be great. But bipartisan, I got to tell you, Nance, more people mm-hmm. I speak to, and it's very anecdotal. I understand that. Very anecdotal. Yeah. But the more people I speak to, this arrest and arraignment of Donald Trump yesterday, uh, a lot of folks yeah. bipartisan found it to be gross. It's shameful. And, you know, and here I am as someone, you know, I have a different take. I tend to have more of an independent voice. I speak my own mind. I'm not always with the party. But on this one, when I talk to independents, especially that aren't necessarily with Trump, but they don't like what they're seeing in our country. Absolutely zero people on the network news this week or the last five days talked about the evidence that we found 
on Hunter Biden and Joe Biden in a bribery scheme in Ukraine, right? Every minute was wall-to-wall Trump coverage of the sitting president of the United States arresting his number one, political enemy number one yesterday. Just, I mean, it's just, it's shameful what's happening. And the standard on how we handle or mishandle documents in this country was set by Hillary Clinton. I mean, what she did was worse. They put a hammer to devices, even though, like, liberal media wanted to say I was lying when I said that. But she had a private server. She had class- over 400 classified documents on that server. We know that agents of China, Korea, Russia, and other places were trying to hack that server. And they obstructed justice, and they let her walk free. And yet, because it's Donald Trump, he has a different standard. He's held to a much different standard than anybody else just because his name is Donald Trump, and that's wrong. It's so wrong. It's so shameful what happened yesterday. And uh, while you guys have done a great job, you and our friend out of Kentucky, Jim Colmer, and other House Republicans Mm -hmm. getting all this information on the Biden criminal crime family and the $10 million, do you realize, Nancy, that yesterday they actually found more boxes of documents from Biden just yesterday? So, as you no. mentioned, did they? Yes. I missed it. Did they, who covered that? I missed it. Oh, uh, right now. I didn't even see that. Uh, yeah, I saw it about 30 minutes ago on Fox News. Of course, they'd be the only folks. Yeah, just yesterday. This you poor. Can't make this up. You can't make it up. It's a double standard. It's a two tier system of justice. It's a double standard just because Trump is his name. And it, it's, it's ridiculous. And I, I've talked to so many people because I come from a very purple district, a lot of like suburban moms and suburban women and that sort of thing but people see this for what it is like you said they don't like it because the left is treated one way and then conservatives are treated another there's a totally double standard here and it's ridiculous he's got over 1800 boxes spread across the country god knows what's in it some of them hidden you know by his corvette in his garage that was unlocked and the door open strewn about in his garage and where's the indictment on on joe right. biden where's the indictment for getting paid off by our adversaries for bribery like where is that right and and, that, and they don't want to investigate it no these are all great questions and they don't uh my question for you though i know you've had some philosophical differences in the past nothing major but kind of a little back and forth with uh with trump so my question for you is for folks out there that just don't like him just don't like him but are really upset with what he's gone through especially the last uh, couple of months with uh, these indictments mm-hmm. all over the place. Do you think that'll be enough to change folks' minds and possibly vote for him? Or, or would they just say, look, I felt badly I for the guy, but I won't vote for him? It's going to make them stronger. I think it's just. I think Joe Biden just made Donald Trump the Republican nominee is what I think. And, you know, I look at my – you know, I worked for him in 2016. I was one of the originals on his campaign. I started in 2015, started in 2016. We haven't always seen eye-to-eye policy-wise. We always have. But if I disagree with someone, you're going to know, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm a very strong Southern woman. You're going you're gonna to know. But at the end of the day, when we, when the oversight committee that I sit on, when we got access to the Biden suspicious activity reports, the very day that we were at Treasury, the indictment by Alvin Bragg from New York came down. We all know that was a BS indictment, all political, but it came down on that very same day. The day that we got access to the FBI 1023 form showing evidence of bribery, they indicted Donald Trump yep. again. Yep. And I predict that when we get access to the 17 tapes that are recordings between the Biden family, including Joe Biden, and Ukrainians about bribery, that's when the third indictment is going to come down because that's how this administration works. And at the end of the day, when you look at yesterday, take away the political ideology, take away the left versus right, Republican versus Democrat. 
This was a sitting president who had his number one political opponent arrested. At the end of the day, that is in its simplest form what happened yesterday. It's un-American, it's undemocratic, and it's wrong. I don't want to hear the left screaming about democracy because they destroyed democracy yesterday with what they did. And I believe that it will make Donald Trump's candidacy for president stronger. I think he'll be the nominee. And I think everybody else basically is running for vice president at this point because the man has to fight so much. He's up against the wall. He's, it's an uphill battle. He's fighting so much for America right now. And yet Biden just gets to walk free on bribery. And, and every other allegation that we found evidence of, whether it's corruption or RICO or racketeering or money laundering that we found with the Biden family, he just gets to walk free. And this is a fight for our nation's future. And I just, I, you know, that's the way I see it right now, regardless of how you feel about him. What the administration, what Biden is doing to his political enemies is wrong. I flat out, at the end of the day, in its simplest form, it yeah. shouldn't be happening in this country. Well, I agree. And I know people are upset that, look, Trump didn't hand everything over when they told him to. He handed over half. God, I don't care. Yeah. Marco Rubio well, we said it. have a debate over that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Marco Rubio said it best yesterday. What was the damage? There's no national security threat here because President Trump kept those papers. What was the real damage I mean, you've got, like you talked about, a sitting president taking millions mm-hmm. of dollars from countries that wake up every day, not Ukraine, but certainly Russia, China, that want to destroy us. That is a real national security threat. As Rubio said, so what? Well, there was no national security threat because Donald Trump had those papers at his house, which, by the way, has more Secret Service at Mar-a-Lago than all of Joe Biden's houses combined, all of them. Well, there was, I mean, well, it's not like, it's not like the FBI didn't go to Mar-a-Lago. They were there. They were physically present. They were there. They saw boxes in rooms and, you know, and like, you know, we can have a debate on how we handle documents. I think that is a valid debate. We can change the laws and change the statutes in this country. But when you are a senator like Joe Biden was, you don't get to have classified documents outside of a skip. When you're vice president, you don't get to take those classified documents with you like Joe Biden did. When you're secretary of state, you're not allowed to have a private server with classified information in a bathroom somewhere. And, and you know, that's not allowed to happen, yet it does. And so I think it's valid to have a debate. But he was president of the United States. But have that discussion, have that debate, fix our laws, make it that way. But whatever the standard is, meaning none of them get indicted, that's the standard until we fix it and we hold Republicans and Democrats alike, both sides, accountable. Like if they had indicted Hillary, I think they would be having a very different conversation. I agree. That's not not at all what happened. And so that standard has been set by the DOJ and by the FBI. And at the end of the day, you know, at its basic level, and you heard Joe Biden on November 11th of last year, Joe Biden bragging in a presidential speech that he was going to do everything in his constitutional power to keep Donald Trump off the ballot. And that's what we're seeing today. I mean, this is I can't even I'm a constitutionalist I'm a constitutional conservative, very independent minded. And I haven't always defended Donald Trump and, you know, and vice versa. But what they're doing to him is it's shameful. It's wrong. It shouldn't be happening in this country. And I just. I, I think we got to get, we got to get, we got to run through the tape in 24, and they better hope that he doesn't win. They better hope he doesn't win a general election. <laughs> well, well, 60, <laughs> I want to be on the other end of that. I uh, know. 60 seconds to go. One of the folks that's running against him in the primary is a colleague and a friend of yours out of your great state of South mm-hmm. Carolina. You've got two of them, actually, Tim Scott and Nikki I Haley. Them. They're great people. Yeah, they're great people. Uh, and Nikki, though, has been uh, tough on Trump since she jumped in. Very tough, actually. But she did say mm-hmm. yesterday. 
that she believes that a pardon should be in place for Donald Trump. Now, it would be uh, in Biden's best interest to do it. He would come off looking like a million bucks, but he would never do it because his party would kill him. But what do you think about uh, your friend there, Nikki Haley, Haley saying yesterday that uh, Trump needs to be pardoned? She'd be okay with that. I think all of them need to say that. All of them need to stand up for democracy right now, stand up and defend what was happening yesterday, what the president of the United States did to a the leading candidate in this thing. That needs to happen. Biden should pardon Trump. I mean, that should that should be the right thing, the right next step thing to do. And then have this discussion on how documents are handled and treat everybody equally under the law going forward. That should be the conversation. But because we're so polarized in this country, that's that's not what's happening. But I hope that every candidate will stand up and defend democracy after what egregiously happened in this country yesterday. Well, Nancy Mace, you talked about uh, the fight for the VP. Uh, is coming up next because he's going to win the uh, the nomination. And uh, I think for, everyone else is running for VP. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, for whatever it's worth, I am the number one radio host in New York. I nominate you. <laughs> <laughs> if only, if only you can only you can make that decision. <laughs> oh, you never know. I have a lot of power. A lot of power. Anyway, uh, great job here today as always, and continued success out there. Enjoy the ball game tonight, and keep doing your thing, Nancy Mason. Doing a great job. Thank you so much. Likewise, Sid. Thank you so much. Have a great morning. You too. There she is, Congresswoman out of the great state of South Carolina. They have two really good football teams. Yeah, they've got Clemson. They're the Tigers. And the University of South Carolina, Justin, they're the Game Cocks. <laughs> yeah, are you cocksure about that one? I am cocksure about that. Cocksure about the Game Cocks. This is like right out of Howard Stern's <laughs> private parts. <laughs> Insert this word. I'm cocksure about the game cocks. All right. We got a big 8 o'clock hour about to come your way. Joseph Takapina, my beautiful daughter, 19 years old, Ava Rosenberg and her friend Neve, and Congressman Peter King. Big 8 o'clock hour coming up next on your favorite talk show in New York City. That's me, Sid Rosenberg, exclusively. Talk Radio 77, WABC. WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Looking out a dirty old window. Down below the cars in the city go rushing by. I sit here alone and I wonder why. your way, Takapina, Ava, and Peter King. Been a great show already. Frank Morano, Curtis Sliwa, and most recently, 
Congresswoman Nancy Mace. Big day for me today, very emotional day for me and my beautiful wife, Danielle, who's on the way to court as we speak on Long Island. For starters, uh, Ava's going to be here live on the other. It's always a big deal for me when my daughter comes in. She's been doing it since I think she's six, and uh, she's great. So that's uh, that's really cool. So Ava texted me at 7.05 this morning and said, Daddy, we're ready. We're going to come by soon. And like everything else with Ava, it's now an hour and three minutes later, and she's nowhere to be found. So that's Ava. Can't tell you, every night we go for dinner, and me, Danielle, and Gabe are downstairs waiting for Ava. She knew an hour before we're leaving. I mean, basically put your socks and sneakers on, and she shows up like 10 minutes later. That's Ava. I do the same thing, though, with my family. I I don't feel good about it, though. Well, why do you do that? Like, I'm late to every dinner. I'm like... Yeah, it's annoying, man. Well, it's not my fault. They're scheduling dinner on the Upper West Side. Well, that's... That's that's different. I mean, we're in the same apartment, doofus. Yeah, no, that that is different. Ava just texted me on our way. (laughs) An hour later. We're ready. On our way. Mm. An hour. So anyway... She's going to come in, and then uh, I'm going to leave this place and go to Gabe's school. My son, Gabriel, who went to the Met game with me last night, or the Yankee game, he's graduating eighth grade today. And, well, that in itself doesn't seem like a big deal. It is because somehow my little boy is going to high school. My daughter's in college in Europe, and my son's going to high school, which means I am close to death. That's the bottom line. <laughs> of course, that's how yeah. you see it. I'm going to die soon. <laughs> that's it. Why did that take me so long to figure <laughs> out? <laughs> well, I don't feel well to begin with, you bastard. It'd be nice if you showed a little sympathy. I don't feel all that great. I was sitting here <laughs> feeling bad. <laughs> Finally, you know, I know Sid's right. going through a lot. He's right. got a lot with his home. He has not felt he's had some injuries. Right. Bo- both his kids, he's always concerned about. They're great kids. Yeah. And, you know, Ava's got stuff she is dealing with. God bless her. <laughs> and Gabe. And them getting around and back and forth of the houses, yeah. and of course, it all—it just completely circumvented <laughs> right back to, well, you know, I'm going to die. That's what all this huh? means. That's what all this means. <laughs> My life is over. That's it. She's in uh, going to second year in college in Europe. He's going to high school. I should have figured on, that Gabe. one out. I should well. stop making me feel like I'm <laughs> yeah. close to death. Kids. Yeah. Well. <laughs> and then we're going home, which is a big deal. We haven't slept in our house since January fourth. So that's another bit. Today's a very emotional day, but um, let me get to my guest here. I love this guy. This guy, he's on TV all the time. I don't even ask anymore. Like like when he first uh, got hired by Trump, I would talk to Takapina. I'd be like, hey, man. He'd be like, yeah, I'm on Hannity tonight. Hey, man, I'm on Sharpton tonight. We don't even talk anymore about that. It's every day. Eric Bowling and uh, last night Hannity every day because he's the man. Trump's got a very big legal team. We know that. A lot of good folks there. Blanche and uh, Sue and uh, Alina. Nobody's like Takapina. Nobody. So here he is, my friend of 46 years, the great defense attorney, Joseph Takapina. But I don't want to start with Trump today because I was on the train last night, Tak, on the 7 train going out to Shea. I still call it Shea. But gave me to the Met Yankee game. And something popped up my, on my phone that Justin Volpe, not Yankee shortstop Anthony Volpe, Justin Volpe, after 24 years, was going home today. And he was one of the cops that was in that Abner case. And he got put away for 24 years. If I remember correctly, the cop that you defended, Scott Free. Isn't that right? That's correct. 
Um, yep, Tommy Weiss, uh, great guy, great cop, was not guilty, was was vindicated in that horrific, horrific case. That case was Sid, that was just one of the most incredible cases I've ever been involved. I in. feel like I feel like that was like that was like 1999, 98 around that time. I feel you like that it. was you that, got it. That exactly was your first right. really That's big one. Yeah. yeah, that was like your first really big one that made you kind of famous, right? Yeah, I mean, well, there was when I left the the prosecutor's office, there was the Mullen Commission case, the police corruption case that I stepped into because some of those cops were my cops when I was a prosecutor in the district attorney's office. So, um, you know, I, I wound up representing one of them. He got acquitted. That was front page New York Times. That was my first case wow. as a defense lawyer, which was pretty cool. Wow. Um, but this thing was a different. I mean, this the you know this was my first introduction to Reverend Sharpton, and you know the protests and. You know, I was in the media defending my guy and, of course, getting attacked by Reverend Sharpton and everyone else for doing that. <laughs> but that was that was a brutal case. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, this Justin Volpe, what he did was inhumane, inhumane. I mean, there's no and there's no question whether he did or didn't. What what he also did was take down a bunch of other good police officers. Um, if you remember uh, Schwartz, Stephen Schwartz, um, you know, one of the co-defendants wound up wrongfully convicted. Um, eventually was released, but that was a hard-fought, long battle, and that really had to do with the act of one man. Um, and it was it was a horrible, horrible case. That was, I mean, a plunger up the rectum. Jesus, I mean, make yeah. no mistake about it. Uh, that was horrible. Yeah, Lewis does that uh, just for fun every once in a while with MJ on a Saturday night, but that's a whole other story, right? He can't be prosecuted for that. Well, <laughs> Joey's still there. Statue limitations. Statue limitations, unfortunately, passed. Well, I don't often get, get caught off guard. I don't often get caught off guard. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, because you go on these other shows, and they're all great. And you're great on TV. You look great. You sound great. But it's almost like you know what Sean Hannity's going to ask you even before he asks it. You come on this show, you just, one never knows now, Joseph, do they? It, it, listen, this is Imus on steroids. I mean, this is, this is, this is, this is you just don't know what's going to happen here. That's what's great about it. It makes it exciting, fun. Look, normally at 8 a.m., I'm not really all that game ready. My, I'm not six year yet. But what, you know, your first, second question out of the box like that one, you got me. I'm ready. I like that. Hey, uh, write that down, uh, the time check there, right there, Justin. Imus on steroids. I love that. This is uh, my dear buddy, the great defense attorney, Joseph Takapina. So yesterday, um, your friend and mine got arraigned, arrested down in Miami. That's now two indictments, and uh, there'll be more. You know, Nancy Mace was just on with me. She's a Republican congresswoman out of South Carolina, Joseph. And she said she doesn't think it's coincidental that every time the House Republicans come out with more information on the Joe Biden criminal family, and they came out with something just a couple of days ago that he took $10 million, not $5 million. That's the same day they indicted Trump. And she said, don't be surprised if the next round, they've got another 17 tapes to listen to, the more Biden information comes out, that'll be the third indictment, maybe Georgia. She seems to think that the Democrats are actually timing it out, that if we talk about Biden, then they're going to indict Donald Trump. What do you think about that? You know how sick all this sounds? I mean, really, I, I was just listening to you, and, and even if half of that is true, it is sick. Yeah. We are in such a bad place in this country. To me, Sid, it is unconscionable for a president to indict the leading political opponent of him. Okay? Joe Biden also kept classified documents for decades. Um, and, 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 you know, if you believe in the rule of law, it has to be applied equally. 
So somebody please explain to me how the investigation that was done into President Trump and his classified documents possession, which is very questionable, the law is not clear at all, and I believe supports President Trump's defense in this case, how is that investigation not done equally to Joe Biden? Why? Because it's his Justice Department. I mean, his, his classified documents, which we still don't even know what they are, were in a, in a garage next to a Corvette that looked like a pile of trash. Okay, in a garage that had a, a you know a, a door that you could punch a, a, a fist right through that was open half the time. How how is that? And then in a, in, a, in a University of Pennsylvania as well. Okay, like how is that? How is that not the same level of of you know indiscretion or yeah. misconduct? Well, no, and listen, it's just not. It's it's worse. Look, it's worse. But you made the point. It's worse. It, right. They don't even investigate. It said, listen to me, Comey. Okay, James Comey, the the disgraced former FBI director who himself committed an offense by taking documents when he left the office of the, of the FBI, leaking to the classified documents to his lawyers who were not cleared. Okay? He, when he was investigating Hillary Clinton's classified document, you know, faux pas, when she had her, her classified documents on her personal server and sent classified and secret materials overseas in an email, okay, which is far worse than anything President Trump's accused of doing. What he did was he went up on a, a podium and said, look, there are violations here, violations here, violations here. But any reasonable prosecutor, he said, would not prosecute this case. Nonsense. And here's the translation of that. Here's the translation. Not that you couldn't make the case. Of course you could. It was sort of black and white. Not to mention, you know, deleted emails, a bleached out hard drive, you know, all things that show consciousness of guilt. Of course it was a case you could have easily made the same way they indicted Donald Trump. But. What he was saying when any reasonable prosecutor wouldn't bring that case is because he understood the ramifications of what that would do to this country. Now, we are now in the position where political opponents are using the Justice Department, sort of like a Gestapo, to indict political opponents. I'm not sure if your motivation for Comey was right. I think he didn't charge her because he liked her. She was a Democrat. He didn't want Donald Trump to win. I don't think he even cared about the country. So I think we're in the same exact place as we were back then. But yeah, no, I, I, agree, I agree with that. I'm just saying his line for saying it was yes. that no reasonable prosecutor right. would bring it because of the damage, the collateral right. damage that True. it would do. True. We are now right. in a time where we're going to use polit- politics. The weaponizing of the justice system is in full force now. Yep. It is in full yep. effect, yep. and it's something that's now going to be the new norm in this country. Use whoever's in power, that Justice Department is going to be your, 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 your sort of your, your Gestapo, your, your, you know, your legal power yep. to go after your political opponents. Nah, now, listen, it's all gross. All the things that have been done here is really crazy. I mean, when you think about all the other indiscretions, Hillary Clinton, the, the Steele uh, dossier document, right, that whole scandal, Donald Trump's indicted for paying private money in a hush money settlement, completely legal, no violation of campaign finance laws, yet she pays with campaign funds to get dirt <laughs> on the political opponent and calls it legal fees, okay? And nothing happens since she gets a fine. Yeah. I mean, the double standard is making people crazy, and people are now starting – really, this country is in not a good spot right now. People on the street are becoming volatile, becoming angry because they're thinking exactly what it appears to be. You know, appearance is, is something that's so important when you're dealing with national matters and, and politics and, and, and application of all laws by the highest official in the land. When we start doing things like this, people are going to start thinking – thinking, yes, this yeah. is political. Yes, it is political. No, you're right. No, it, it is political. It is political, but I've had this discussion with uh, my wife, Danielle. You know, as a fine attorney, 
And that is that, well, we're talking about it's not fair and Biden has done worse. All that's true. Hillary Clinton's done worse. All that is true. But you know, Tack, you can't walk into court and go to the judge. Hey, let me tell you something. They did worse. These are legitimate, maybe not legitimate. There are 37 federal charges. And one of these is obstruction. And it looks like, at least on paper, which what I read from the indictment, that that obstruction charge may be real. And you can't explain that away in a courtroom with Joe Biden or Hillary Clinton. So from a legal standpoint, forget about politics, from a legal standpoint, what happens here? Well, first and foremost, there is something that you could make out of the fact that there is a selective prosecution of Donald Trump. That's a motion to be made before any trial, a motion to dismiss based on selective prosecution. And then you do use those examples because I I like someone with with a straight face who is not partisan to explain to me how something was done for Trump that wasn't done for Biden. Something was done for Trump that wasn't done for for Hillary Clinton or Pence or anyone else. Why would the investigations raids and FBI, that wasn't done for anyone else. I'd like to understand that. It's, it's hard to really explain that without, without you know, laughing. And, and so there are motions to be made to sort of bring this to the forefront. But you're right. If this ultimately gets before a jury, the argument before the jury can't be, um, you know, they are uh, comparing him to Hillary Clinton or whatnot. But you can argue to a jury that they are selectively prosecuting him, that he's here. He's here because of who he is, not because of what he did. It's finding the, the person and then, you know, targeting that person, finding the person, and then trying to look for evidence of a crime to back it up. That's something that you can argue to a jury. Okay, but um, that's fine. But, but, that but, but, but if that doesn't work, if, and, and, and listen, you know how I'm, a, I'm the biggest Trump supporter there is. I think it's a disgrace. Yeah. I think it's nonsense. I love the man. And uh, what's happening to him is really one of the worst things I've seen in my 56 years on this planet. But But let's assume that those motions you're talking about, you don't get them. And this does go to trial. And now you got a prosecutor up there talking about obstruction of justice. How do you fight that? You fight it by saying there was no intent to obstruct justice. And listen, an indictment, yes, I read that indictment. It reads very powerfully, and it looks like, oh, boy, I heard Bill Barr say his toast. Bill Barr should know that indictment's evidence of nothing. You can take that indictment, rip it up, and throw it in the garbage pail. That's what it's worth from an evidentiary standpoint. It's worth nothing. That's what they're claiming. It doesn't mean it's real. It doesn't mean it's true. It doesn't mean it's going to be proven. Um, so, you know, you, you count that by saying there was no intent to obstruct justice because there's no, no intent to obstruct justice because he didn't think he was obstructing anything. Look, what, when you really sit down and peel it back, when you ask what he did wrong, I mean, it's hard based on the laws that are in place now. And I'm not talking about the Espionage Act, but the, the laws that gave him certain authorities to declassify documents. It's hard to really claim that this is a crime. And a crime, more importantly, that's worth bringing. And because what this crime just did was really, really shred, shred, you know, of, of our confidence in, in fair and equal application of the laws in this country. Some people believe it, some don't. But here's what I will tell you. This incident, this indictment has fed into the Trump argument that he is all that stands between the ordinary people, you know, of, of, of decency and the madness that the left's, you know, bring. I mean... That's what this feeds into. This this really does give him and his supporters more fodder to say, oh, yep. my God, this is really happening. Yep. This is insane. You're right. And that's a perfect note to end this on. The brilliant, the handsome TV star, best defense attorney in the country, Trump's guy, but more importantly, Sid's guy, Joseph Takapina. That brings an end to this conversation. But we'll do it again very, very soon. In fact, Friday, 
So thank you for hopping on on this very important morning. And as always, Joseph Takapina, that's a grand slam home run, buddy. I love you. You're the best, sir. You really are. Look who's talking. I'm the Get out of here. I'm the best. You're the best. There he is, the best, Joseph Takapina. I love that kid. All right, we're going to take a short break. A lot more good stuff to come, including before Peter King and Michael Goodwin, my daughter Ava and her friend Neve. Ava Rosenberg coming up next with her dad right before Father's Day on Sin Friends in the Morning. Talk with Donald Trump. People listen. The 45th president of the United States and soon to be the 47th president of the United States, my friend Donald J. Trump. Mr. President, good morning. How are you, pal? Hello, Sid. Hear the full interview anytime at WABCRadio.com. Well, I appreciate it. And you are number one and you're a great guy and a great friend. And just take care of yourself. And we'll speak to you again soon. Sid and Friends in the Morning, weekdays at 6, 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. My daughter's favorite. I kind of like her, too. Taylor Swift. And uh, Hero just put 80,000 large at Giant Stadium a couple of weeks ago. And she's doing okay for herself these days. $750 million, which I must tell you is about $3.2 billion less than John Katsimatidis, our owner. That tells you how brilliant and successful he is. But congratulations to Taylor Swift. I bring up Ava because in between Joe Takapina and Peter King is my beautiful 19-year-old daughter, Ava Caroline Rosenberg. She's in studio with her friend from London. This will be the third or fourth time I've met uh, Neve. I met Neve uh, maybe the third. I, I met her twice in uh, London, one night at Ava's birthday, the next morning when you guys were heading to Spain, and now you're in New York City. It's a big deal for you because uh, you want to go into communications and broadcasting in the U.K. and England, and right now you're at the most legendary talk radio station I know I'm just your friend's dad, but I'm number one in this city. This is a very big deal for you, Neve, no? No, it's a massive deal. It's so exciting. It's great to be here. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. And this is what you want. Now, you want to do TV or radio? TV, radio, film. I'm interested in all of it. So this is great. One more thing before I get to Ava. I know I can talk politics here with you, but uh, Boris Johnson just two days ago announced he's leaving Parliament. 
We know, of course, he's not the prime minister anymore and all that nonsense. I like Boris because he reminded me of Trump, and I am a Trump guy. Um, but he decided, I guess, two days ago to leave Parliament. Do you care about that, or does it matter? Um, I think, to be fair, Parliament in the United Kingdom right now is a bit all over the place. It is? Yeah, it's. Yeah. I think no one necessarily is keeping up with it that much after all the stuff with Liz Truss and everything. That was so, a mess. Yeah, yeah a massive yeah. mess. Yeah. Um, but you want to do sports anyway, right, not politics. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely sports. Well, Ava, good morning. Good morning. Is this my uh, pre-Father's Day gift, my daughter back on radio? Yes, it's. I'm so happy to be here. Good to have <laughs> you. You look great. I think you were six when I had you in the studios, maybe older. 640 Sports in Pompano Beach. I'll never forget, it was Martin Luther King. Lewis, you'll love this. So Ava wrote this unbelievable piece on MLK Jr., mm-hmm. And back then, he used to have a guy on the show all the time. And, Lou, you remember this guy because I just had him on, too. And his name was Carl Jeffers. I remember. <laughs> and uh, Carl was in studio that day. And you actually did the interview, Ava. And you were great. Great. You remember doing that? I do, actually. And I remember meeting um, this other football player. But I can't remember his name. Um, I think I interviewed him as well. A football like player. Like a football player. Was it O.J. McDuffie or from the Dolphins or Danny Cannell maybe? The yeah, probably O.J. Mm-hmm. He was my he was my partner. So you've done you've done this radio stuff for a long time. You're not even nervous this morning, are you? No. Not even. Yeah. <laughs> well, give us uh, give the listening audience first of all. Let's 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 stick with you for a second. You come home from college. Mm-hmm. You had a hugely successful freshman campaign, and me and mommy are very very proud of you. Your grades were great. I even posted the letter you got from your law professor on Facebook and Instagram. Very proud of you. Love you so much. Thank you. But since you've come home, you've been a medical disaster. <laughs> I mean, one emergency room to the other, one doctor's room. Now you've got this issue. The, the, mm-hmm. the listeners, my fans, know about the left side of your face. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I see you walking around with Neve. You're smiling. You're happy. Mm-hmm. You've been able to kind of overcome that. It's been a difficult month for you. Yeah. Um, it's It's overwhelming. And I think that when you're constantly at the doctors and you're alone and you're not like around people, yeah. you get more in your head because you don't have things to distract you. Yeah. But Neve coming has been amazing because I've been able to actually get out and do things and I actually feel more like myself again. Yeah, you look like yourself, so, you sound like yourself because you were having a rough time there. Yeah, because it's me and mommy and Gabe. Yeah, the medication I was on because I was on so much of it was making me so nauseous to the point where like eating wasn't enjoyable anymore mm. and I've been able to completely eat like normally again basically. Right. right. Um walk around like beforehand I barely felt like I oh, could I remember. Walk. I could not. Daddy get so. me water, get me pizza, get me chicken <laughs> soup. I'm like, "Hey, Ava." <laughs> You're 19. I'm close to death. I'm 56. <laughs> Get your own damn water. What, are, what have you done so far with uh, Neve? Have you taken her? Um, we've gone to Soho. We've gone to Central Park. Times Square. Yeah, Times Square. What do you think of Times Square? Overwhelming. Overwhelming, it's, right? It's amazing, though, like the lights and stuff, but it is definitely It's a bit much for you. Yeah. Because yeah. I tell you what, being in London with you guys not that long ago... Like, they have a theater district like we do. Like, we mm. stayed right by the Lion King. Mm-hmm. And, all that. and they have the financial district just like we do. But there's really nothing in London like Times Square. I, I oh, guess no. nothing. I mean, I guess in terms of tourist attraction, you've got Buckingham Palace, which is a big deal. But nothing like Times Square. Nothing like Times Square. Like, it's it's crazy. London is just a small, a small New York. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a smaller, cleaner 
New York City. <laughs> yeah, indeed, and you, yeah. you guys did go for uh, steak at Wolfgang's last night, oh, Ava. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did. It was and we're doing, I love it. And uh, Little Italy coming up tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. No court deal. Are you excited about that? Yeah, so excited. Have you been to Italy, uh, the actual country? Yeah, of course. Of course. I don't know. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. much easier to go when you live, That's you live true. in Europe. So. I know. Aren't you going to Italy in October, Ava? I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to Lake Como in October and Amsterdam in November. And then you guys together... The day after we celebrated Ava's birthday, she left us in London. Okay, see ya. <laughs> and the two of you guys, three of you, Emily, too, made your way to Spain. Yeah. And yeah. you guys got a story about that trip, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, yeah. So we went to Ibiza for maybe four days. It was a really short trip. Um, we had loads of fun. Anyway, at the end of it, on our last day at the beach, this random guy came up to us, and he started asking us, saying things like, Oh, do you think that life has meaning? Do you think that there's a point in living? No, no, tell me about this guy. Was he old, young, creepy? He was, he was like maybe mid-twenties. He was oh, like... young guy. Young guy. Was um, not creepy, but... He was, he was kind of sinister. Oh, he was? Um, <laughs> so yeah, sinister. he was kind of sinister. He, he did computer technology. Like, he did, yeah. or engineering or something. And yeah. he said he was studying in London. And he was um, coming around asking people things for a YouTube channel he wanted to start. Oh, boy. So anyway, he was going on saying like, oh, what do you think about life? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Does it have meaning? Yeah. And then we kind of just brushed it off, didn't think anything of it. You brushed off? My daughter didn't say, I think you're a jerk-off? Well, <laughs> to be fair, Ava and I, we, we were talking to him for a long time. Yeah. Well, you did. Obviously, no, we think the same. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't, he was, yeah, less creepy and more sinister because it actually seemed like he had an agenda. Like, it, he, did. he was trying mm. to almost make it seem like life was meaningless. Right. And, um, I, I, I kind of agreed with him, but not that life is meaningless, but that we add meaning to life. But well, forget about what he was asking. Yeah. Did he try to lure you back to no, his hotel? No, Nothing no, like no, that. No, okay. no, no. no. But, we, but the, we walked away. Right. But the best yeah. part of the story is you come into contact with this guy again, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> so we're on the, we're in the airport the next day and um, we're about to get on this flight and we've heard the weather is awful like mm-hmm. flying back into london the weather is awful so ava and i are already nervous we're awful flyers yeah. she's worse than i am she ended up crying on this flight because the turbulence is so bad i remember and um anyway so we're in the queue for this flight and i turn around and then we see this guy oh my god <laughs> at that point i'm terrified i was terrified because he said he did like engineering or stuff and the first thing that came to mind was oh my gosh he doesn't think life is meaning he's, he's going to take down the plane yeah. Well, don't worry. Your father has admitted on the air without any remorse that I actually profile every person on the plane, everyone. And some, <laughs> some flights, like I came back from London, and there were two guys sitting in front of me. I'm not going to mention what their nationality were, mm-hmm. but I spent about four hours trying to figure out how I'm going to kill them before they kill us. <laughs> not you, Lewis and Justin. How am I going to kill you before you kill oh us? God. Yeah, I swear to God. True story. Yeah, um, that was our instinct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, One morning he won't make it in here, so we'll know why. <laughs> but you made it back safely, and uh, and here you are. And Ava, you, you know, people keep asking me the same thing. I'm not sure why, but Ava's going back to Europe. For, of course, it's a yeah. three-year plan. I think because a lot of um, college students in America, like, they do one year abroad or they do semester abroad, but I don't think people have um, conceptualized the fact that I'm actually going there full-time. Right. It's not three like, years. Yeah. oh, just a semester. Do you year. miss Europe now? Because I, I got to tell you, you know, I'm getting old, and I'm looking forward to going home to Queens, your mother, too, and even Gaby. You love New York City. Like, you love it. Do you mm-hmm. miss Europe? It's, it's, I think that ever since uh, moving from Florida, I've been able to compartmentalize um, places in my heart. 
So when I'm in Europe, I really, really miss New you York miss City. It. Oh, you miss and, New York. Right. Yeah, but when I'm also in New York City, I miss Europe. Oh, like, my God. Neve, just like your mother. Neve got where, me. Where, wherever you're not, you miss that other <laughs> yes, place. Yes, And Neve <laughs> yeah. actually yesterday, she got me uh, tea because I was missing tea so no, but from had, London, they had PGT for which is like a brand in, in England. Yeah, for nine dollars. How and much it is it in the England? Smallest box, and in England, probably like two pounds. Yeah, well, well, what pounds. does that mean for my, uh, dollars? Do you know? But uh, maybe five dollars. Maybe five dollars. Right? Yeah. No, no. New York is very expensive. Very. Yeah. You don't. I mean, you, you call Times Square crazy. You've complained <laughs> about the price of tea. <laughs> So while you're saying you're loving this experience, I could never see you living in New York oh City. Oh, no, but you no. should see I me. Could. I've been thriving here. Really? Like, yes. I feel like, Avery and I have always said this, if any one of her British friends yeah. were to come to America, it would be me. It would be her. Really? Yeah. I. What, what do you love about this city? What do I not love? Honestly, mm-hmm. I feel like the bad parts make it more of an experience. Yes. Like, I get Curtis in here. Have Curtis take Neve on the train <laughs> Absolutely for like an not. hour today to Livonia. Are you familiar? I'm refusing you know to what, let that Do you know happen. what Mayor uh, Eric Adams know who he is? Do you know any politicians in New York City? Not Are you familiar with any names? No. No, okay. All right. Maybe not. But you love it here. This is this is a place well, for you. From what I've seen of it, it's fantastic. Yeah, you don't but have you seen homeless people? Have you oh, seen of crazy yeah, people? Of course. And and you find that to be entertaining. Sort of. Well, yeah. I guess so. Yeah. I back Neve because I, I agree with her. I think that New York City wouldn't be New York City without, without, um, crazy without its people. flaws. Sure. Because yeah. imagine if New York City was, was, was perfect. It would be boring like London. Yeah. London is a perfect New York City. It's boring. But honestly, like New York has substance and it has culture and, and yeah. it's, I think it's awesome. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yes. that substance pushes you in front of the train. <laughs> no, <laughs> right. yeah. You want to know something? I mean, yeah, you want to know something? Substance. When I was I, I when I was in Cardiff in Wales, it's a complete it's a much smaller city. I had worse experiences in regards oh, yeah. to homeless people than here. Crazy. I was followed. Yeah. Uh, someone attempted to attack me. This is That's, this is, this is, in is Wales. All true. This is true. And a homeless yeah. man broke Bad things broke, anywhere. Yeah. Uh, a homeless man broke into the center I was getting waxed yeah. and <laughs> robbed it while she I was, was naked. in there. You're naked? <laughs> what are you doing naked anywhere, <laughs> by the way? Wax. I don't even want you to be naked in the shower. <laughs> so uh, do you think that uh, you can, you can, you want to come here? Do you should I, should I reach out to people in the broadcasting business? Definitely. Well, yeah. are you, well are you going to, where do you go to college? With me. With, at Cardiff. Well, with doesn't Ava. one of your friends not go there, though? Oh, Emily, Emily goes, goes to, to Bristol. Bristol. Emily goes to Bristol, right. So mm. you're actually studying broadcasting. I'm studying journalism and media. Journalism, okay. So if I could work something out here, mm. you would take a job at WABC over the BBC. Well, that's a tough one. That's a I'm tough not one. Lie, if the city comes with it, I can't argue. Yeah, and a lot of money, a lot of money to live here. <laughs> what? Uh, when are you going home tomorrow? Uh, Friday. Uh, tomorrow's Thursday. That's right. So what else you got? I know tomorrow night we're taking you to Little Italy. Rose, you got in the docket here, Ava. So um, I want to take her to the 9/11 memorial. Cool. Uh, mm. uh, Top of the Freedom Towers, South. You're Street familiar Seaport. with all that, the whole 9/11 yeah, yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Brooklyn Bridge, um, like Dumbo, and right. she is obsessed with um, Broadway and and musicals. Hamilton, and yeah. Hamilton, yeah. We're going to attempt to go to that ticket They're center. Horrible people, by the way. <laughs> We're going to attempt to you go to the ticket my center. Tents, I'm just saying, you can go, but I mean, horrible people. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I would go with you, just so you know. I'm dying to see that play. Uh, those tickets are very, very expensive. Well, we're going to attempt. Mom mom sent me the address of the place, so we're going to go, like, early tomorrow morning to try oh, and get tickets. Oh, price tickets? Is that Duffy Square still? In, uh, yes. Oh, that's good. They still do that. Yes. All right. Well, this is great, and it's uh, great to have both of you here. Anything else you want to say, Neve, to all your fans like my mother does <laughs> here um, in New York City? 
I guess, hi to mom, dad. Tom Are they and listening right now? You know, they can listen to this on the app. It's free. Yeah, I want. Yeah. Are they Wait, listening? Can they play it back? Yes, we can play it back. Absolutely. Oh my god! I can, yes. I can yes. send it to you. Um, one more thing I have to say is, yeah, you in here in um, America, they've ranked PG as England's favorite tea. It is not. <laughs> Uh, Yorkshire tea is the best tea. Yorkshire tea? Yeah. Can't for sure. <laughs> Why do they and say that on the train all the yeah, time? We haven't, found, we haven't yeah. found many British foods, so yeah. I'm lacking that. Oh, I'm lacking a bit of my culture. Well, look, i got to be honest. The food is not great in London. It's not. Oh. Not great. Okay, well, maybe I'm of biased. Of all European she countries. the food here. The food here no, has here so much great. more flavor. Of course. No, I There's knew, so I, listen, much more salt. I knew we <laughs> had you in New York when you were like, ranting and raving about how great Chipotle is. <laughs> Chipotle, not even like Peter Luger or Rayo's. Or, she's like, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A. oh my. But don't you have that in London? Chick-fil-A? No, no. You don't even have that. I yeah. don't think so. No, I got to tell, tell you, even your barista, we stayed in uh, Wales. She couldn't make a decent cup of coffee at Starbucks. <laughs> so I'm not surprised to hear this. Avery, you want is, first of all, your brother is graduating uh, school wow. today. You proud of him? I'm proud of him, but it just doesn't feel real. I I don't think I could ever the age that he'll he'll ever be. I can't I can't conceptualize Ava, it. Gabe's going to high school. Like no, you in college, not. I get it. You've been around. No, he Gabe can't. in high school. No, it doesn't sound right. I know. It's just I know. weird. You must to mom. Mommy's listening. Hi, mom. I love you, and thank you for dinner last night. We actually had so much fun, and I ended up spitting out my tea five oh my times because I was laughing yeah. so hard. Yeah, mommy's funny. Mommy's definitely funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mommy sends this. I can feel Justin's perviness. You Justin? did say, by the way, what that. Uh, what do you say? <laughs> well, no, no. Don't, don't, don't say anything stupid. <laughs> I'm eating. Oh, that was Danielle, not me. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Anyway, you then girls were great. What are you doing now? From Oh, you're going to Long Island, obviously, right? So, yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go to the 9 11 memorial by myself. Oh, awesome. But, yeah, I'm okay. really excited. Now, the 9 11 memorial, just so you know, is directly across the street. From the apartment, you guys are going to be staying in yeah, the next couple yeah, of days. Yeah, yeah. So you can literally walk back home. Well, it's nice to see you again. You You're too. a lovely young lady. You really are. And Danielle and I uh, like you very much. Oh, thank so you. enjoy the rest of your stay, and I'll pay for your dinner again tomorrow night. How about oh, that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you all love the pieces, Ava. Thank you. You're great and beautiful you. and smart. I love you, too. I'm very proud of you. Great job today. Thank you for everything. All right. Talk Radio 77. WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Close your eyes and I'll kiss you. Tomorrow I'll miss you. Remember I'll Got to play the Beatles for Neve in from London. Sweet messages from Joe Nunziata. He sent you all that candy, Ava, when you weren't feeling well. You remember Ava, Joe? Williamsburg Joe, and he sent a beautiful message, and Leslie Slender, and Norman Seabrook, and your mom, everybody with nice messages. You are great. My next guest is here this time every Wednesday morning. He's also great. In fact, in my lifetime, I say the two best politicians in New York are this guy and Woody Giuliani, congressman for the better part of four decades, Homeland Security, does it all. My friend, the great Peter King. Peter, good Wednesday morning, buddy. How are you? I said I'm doing great, and more importantly, I'm glad that Ava's doing much better. So that's a good sign. Very good. Well, thank you. We, we, had a, we Actually, we had a great dinner with Ava together in uh, Coney Island that night at Gardulo's. Remember that? That was a great time. And by the way, coming up on July 14th, Sal Morgan's uh, getting hold of me. He wants you and I to come down again to oh. uh, 
Oh, wait, that, that's the, the anniversary. NYPD and the FGNY chaplains that night. Right. That's yes, Friday night, July 14th. That's what we did last year with Gable when we yeah. had that dinner, right? Right, absolutely, yeah. I want to go again with you this year, absolutely. And maybe this year Melissa will actually shoot somebody. Uh, she may <laughs> shoot you. You never know. <laughs> I want to start but before. She's going to be there. She's going to be there, too. Of course, so, of course. Maybe we can take our jewels afterwards. And then what is uh, your buddy? We had that great dinner. This was not with Ava. It was just me and Danielle. But all your buddies were there, Joe Cairo, Anthony D'Esposito, uh, King of Umberto's uh, with your beautiful yeah, wife, Rosemary. The owner yeah. is Rosario. I was there last night with... Uh, Rosemary, uh, my daughter Erin, also my grandson who was in town. And uh, all Rosario wanted to do was talk about Sid. Uh, he <laughs> said the, the customers are still talking about Sid being there. So It was a great dinner, you and it's a great back. place. I will come back. We loved it. Before we get to the civil talk, Curtis was on this morning. And shocker, shocker, you came up because Frank Moreno contends on this day, Flag Day. It's also President Trump's 77th birthday. Right. Happy birthday, President Trump. But Frank contends that he's got this big flag, which he showed me in a picture, flying outside of his house, that you gave it to him as one of these, uh, like, really honorable flags. And Curtis says, oh, please stop. Peter sent them like a knockoff. That's not the real flag. What is the truth here, Peter? No, the truth is, first of all, it is the flag of all the United States Capitol. They have a procedure in Congress for members of Congress that they will actually fly flags over the Capitol for you. They bring it down, they certify that it flew over the Capitol, and you can present them to people. I gave it to Frank because he's a good guy. He was moving into the new house. I thought it was important to give it to him. So I don't know where Curtis comes with this stuff. That flag was uh, flown over the Capitol, was certified. And you know, Curtis thinks I have nothing else to do but make up phony flags for guys in Staten Island. It shows where his mind is. I mean, come on. Also, let me just say something about Curtis. It's, you know, time is running out. This whole thing with Keyshawn Sewell, this is one of the biggest disgraces. And People like Curtis really enabled the people around Adams to hurt Keyshawn Sewell. The fact is, she was doing everything she could. She was no figurehead. And, you know, she comes from Nassau County, which is more cops than Boston, Detroit, Baltimore, San Francisco. She was number one in her class at the police academy. She was a valedictorian at the FBI academy. And when you see guys like Pat Lynch, Paul DeGiacomo, the head of the two of the most powerful unions, standing by her, Ken Curry, former chief of department, Bill Bratton, she did more to turn that department around. She was out there with the rank and file. And, yeah, they, you know, there were out uh, people trying to tie her hands. But Curtis, rather than defending her, rather than saying, hey, she's fighting a good fight, they somehow blamed her because people were tying her hands. But the cops who know, not Curtis with his red hat on the subway, people like Pat Lynch, <laughs> Paul Giacomo, Bill Bratton, uh, Ken Corbett, these people know what was going on, and the rank and file loved her. And to me, it's a tragedy she's out. And it's unfortunate people were taking shots at her when they should have been taking shots at the people who were preventing her from doing the job. Despite that, she never complained. She's not hanging out at bars at night. She's not getting a, a face in the newspaper. She was out there with the rank-and-file cops, and they loved her as much as any commissioner that's ever been there. I just wanted to get that on the record. No, listen, I, and I will tell you that I'll exclude Curtis, who I do love, and he does a great job on this show, just like you do. But excluding Curtis, I must tell you, Peter, that everybody, everybody shared the same opinion that you just stated, which was, in fact, uh, even Bernie Carrick on the show yesterday disagreed with Curtis, that she was absolutely, absolutely qualified to do the job. She was good at the job, and that the guys that should be embarrassed this morning are Adams and Banks and the rest of those guys and not her. So the overwhelming majority of folks on and off the force agree with you. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, she, I, I don't know anyone who's more committed to the job. She's a 24-7 cop. Now, you mentioned Melissa before. They worked together in the, in the fifth precinct in Nassau County, which is one of the tougher precincts. You talk to any cop who worked with her, she was a street cop. She was a hostage nego- a negotiator. She was a, a, a head of the gang squad. She did everything was asked of her, head of detectives. And it's just, listen, you know, people can do a job and not do a job. The fact is, she was as committed as anyone could be, and she got results. Listen, my father was a cop. Cops don't like bosses. The fact is, when you see all of the union leaders saying what a great job she did, when you see this, uh, the tremendous ovation she got yesterday from other cops, cops are very reluctant to give people credit for things. That's just you know, the nature of this job. The fact is, they go out of their way to say what a great job she did. Talk to Pat Lynch. Talk to Paul DiGiacomo. They'll tell you. And yep. These are real cops. Yep. yep. Uh, I like both of those guys. And I like Pat Ryder, your commissioner right there in uh, Nassau also, County. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's a great guy, too. So I want to get to the president. Look, uh, you're on record here. Uh, you're friendly with the president, worked with the president, voted for the president. But you've kind of gone sideways, not on his policies, but on him and I've spoken to other people that have gone sideways on the president. I have to tell you, Peter, they're coming back. They are coming back. They are so pissed at what's going on, uh, what they're doing to him. This administration, the DOJ, you know, DAs and AGs and blue cities and states across the country, that uh, they've kind of thrown DeSantis to the side. And now, despite his flaws, they want Trump back. You're not there yet, though, are you? No, not to come back, but I am 1,000% supporting him in this case. I've said time and again, this did not warrant indictment. Even assuming that the Espionage Act applies, I don't think it does. All of the stuff, if everything in the indictment is true, I don't think it is, but let's assume it is. That is still not reason to indict him. There was no harm. There was no foul. And when you think of uh, equal justice under the law, listen, there's a difference between negotiating with the archives people about getting documents back and having them in your garage. I mean, if it's... The special counsel in Joe Biden's case, is he going to talk to everyone who was in that garage over the last several years? Is he going to talk to everyone at Penn? Is he going to talk to everyone uh, to see how much Chinese money was involved? We can go through all of this. What they did to Donald Trump as attorneys, his own lawyers, to you know, violate the attorney-client privilege, they did everything they could to bring down a former president and was now the leading candidate. No, this is uh, banana republic politics. It's uh, a police state uh, tactics. And... Donald Trump, my, my concern is that he raises unnecessary issues, but nothing warrants indictment, nothing warrants criminal charges. It's an absolute disgrace. It really is. So I stand completely on that. I, I think Joe Tacopino has it exactly on target. I think Alan Dershowitz has it on target. These charges should never have been brought. It's an ab- absolute uh, disgrace to me. Let's uh, change topics to something a lot less important, although maybe not for some people, i got to tell you. I uh, Thanks to Pete Morgan, I took Gabriel to Shea Stadium or City Field, whatever you call it, for the Met-Yankee game last night. We had a 5-1 lead behind Scherzer. We left because we thought we had it in the bag, and we're on the 7 train, and we checked the score, and it's 6-5 to five Yankees. Just to show you how bad the Mets are, five games under 500 after 67 games with the highest payroll in baseball and huge expectations. Is this about as bad as it gets, according to expectations for Pete King in his lifetime as a New York Mets fan? Yeah, it really is. It reminds me of back in 1992 when Torborg came in and the Mets had all these stars, Ava Hagen and everybody, and they were supposed to run away with Bobby it. Bobby Bonilla? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, it, last night, would summed it all up. Scherzer has a big lead. He gets knocked out. Then in the uh, bottom of the eighth inning, they bases loaded and went out. 
and two great hitters come here, Lindor and Marte, and they both go down in strikes. I mean, this is like, uh, that was almost a metaphor for the entire season. So, listen, I love the Mets. I've been with them since 1962, uh, with them to a thick and thin. But I tell you, it's really getting tough right now. Yeah. I was watching with my grandson last night, and I couldn't believe that both Lindor and Marte, and by, the, by the way, Lindor's got to turn it around. I mean, yeah. The guy making... What three hundred twenty million dollars? He's hitting two twelve. I mean, this is crazy. I mean, he's got a lot of home runs. In fact, he's uh, second to Dante Bichette Jr. in Toronto for most home runs for a shortstop, and he's knocked in already forty three runs. So those power numbers are good. But you're right; he can't hit his weight, and uh, th- that's not going to work for us. So this is about as bad as it gets. But Peter, do you feel like this team is flawed for the future? or healthy, they can turn it around second half of this year or next year. In other words, do you think this team is still made up well enough to compete later? I think there's my concern is with the pitching. I mean, have Verlander and Scherzer hit the end of the road. I don't know. And uh, Carrasco just can't seem to get it together. Without Diaz, I hope Robinson and Aravino can hold it up. He gets those last three or four guys in the bullpen. No news who they are. There may be one or two starters they can count on, maybe. So I don't know. It's uh, but no, Alonzo McNeil, Nemo, he's doing my great plays there. Alvarez has done a phenomenal job as a rookie catcher. I think yeah. Beatty can do it a third. We can go around, but it's just the uh, uh, somehow and Marte, you know that he had that uh, you know two surgeries on his uh, hamstring. So I don't know, but I'm really concerned about the starting pitch when you're relying on Scherzer and Verlander, two 40 year old arms which so far are not showing much, that's the concern I have. That's a very, very good concern and a lot of money invested in those two guys, a lot. Hey, Pete King, is always, not a good appearance, fantastic, great. Enjoy your Wednesday afternoon, buddy. I love you. That was terrific. Thank you. Okay, thank you, sir. Thank you. My man, the great congressman, Peter King. That wraps up hour number three. Another hour to go. Keep it right here. Where maybe I could see another kind of mind Ooh, then I suddenly see you Ooh, did I tell you I need you Every single day of my life Talk Radio 77 WABC This is Sit and Friends in the Morning Entertaining and informative Ooh, you my best friend 77 WABC. I'm sitting in the railway station, got a ticket for my destination. Mm-hmm. On a tour of one night stands, my suitcase and guitar in hand. And every stop is neatly planned for a poet and a one man band. Where my boxes keep it home, where my music's playing home, where my love lies Nicely done, Lewis. Being I just watched this Paul Simon Grammy special a couple of weeks ago. And I am homeward bound, going back to sleep in my bed in Queens for the first time since January 4th. This song makes a lot of sense. Plus, I love this song. Homeward bound, the Rosenbergs. Not Ava, though. Ava's going to stay in the city with Neve. Till Friday. And then I guess she'll come home. I don't even know. My daughter travel. I don't know. I'll be like, uh, where's Ava? Italy. Where's Ava? Spain. She's got a great life, but she's really gone through hell the last 
last month or so, and you really can't tell. You know, you just saw her, Joe. I mean, when she smiles and when she laughs, it's. I mean, we actually have to laugh, me and Danielle, and she even laughs at herself. It looks funny. It just does because only one side of a mouth moves and only one eye moves, one yeah. blinks, and one's constantly open. But if she's just talking, like she was just now, you wouldn't really know. She's a beautiful girl, but. No, when I said when I uh, met him at the door, I, my immediate first thought was, "Oh, there Sid goes again, blowing uh, it way out of proportion," as he usually right. does. But uh, no, I'm sure there are several complications with it. Luckily yeah. for me, I've never had half of my face paralyzed, so I yeah. wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. You never had that. Have I've you? never had that. Yeah. Uh, at least not by accident. It was all. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was all deliberately self-inflicted. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Experimenting. But she's doing good. I mean, you know, it's not easy. And uh, a girl by Neve is a uh, is a cute kid, you know, very cute kid. Mm-hmm. And um, well, they're having fun. So they just walked down to Forty Fourth Street to get some smoothies and protein shakes, and and I'm getting ready to go to Gabriel's graduation, which is kind of freaking me out that he's going to go to high school. I, I, you know, when Ava went to college, I was ready for that. You know, she's been she's my oldest child. And Ava's 19. I don't really remember life even before Ava. She was born on a snowy April day, April 7th, 2004, at Mount Sinai Hospital, Upper East Side, New York City. We lived in Tenafly, New Jersey. And I could remember like yesterday, Danielle and I walking her in her little blanket outside the hospital and taking her home. And my sister, Alana, and my Sherry, and they had a big sign-up, welcome home, Mom and Ava. There was a big little party, you know. Big little party that makes no sense. But, you know, I'm, I'm getting emotional, so you know what I'm trying to say. But like yesterday. But she's 19. I don't remember life without her. And when she went to college, you guys remember that September morning, Louis. I was not in very good shape, but I understood it. I understand it was time for Ava to go to college. It just broke my heart she was leaving. My son going to high school is a complete head-scratcher. And maybe it's because Gaby has a disability and, you know, for a long time we had to do so much for him. I still do, quite frankly. I'll cut his meat every once in a while and tie his sneakers and things of that nature. But to his credit, he's become, you know, a very efficient young man and, not just playing basketball, but doing things that he couldn't do earlier in his life. But he still needs help with a lot of stuff. I talk about this with Danielle all the time. I One of the things that scares me about dying, maybe the thing that scares me the most, I'm, no, I'm nowhere near it, thank God, I don't think at least, but you never know, but is my son. Like, who's going to tie his laces, you know, who's going to? Anyway, and now he's going to high school. <laughs> and it just uh, blew my mind. So I'm going to sit there today and applaud and ask the same question I think that every parent asks, which is, where did the time go? He was just a little boy. But I will tell you that the charity that my wife started which we've renamed now from the Spotlight Foundation for Dyspraxia and DCD to Dyspraxia America. I will tell you that 
it gives me so much joy. On my birthday, I, I didn't ask for any gifts. I just said, do me a favor. Go on Facebook, go on Instagram, and make a donation to the charity. And, and I don't think you folks have any idea how much time we spend, my wife and I, with this. And I saw folks giving $10, $15. I didn't raise what Frank Siller raises on most charities. I didn't raise a lot. But I know every name. I memorized every name that gave us $10 to the guys that gave us 500 You know. So I worry about my son, you know, and how he's going to be later. Even though he has defied tremendous amount of odds to do what he's done so far today. A tremendous amount of odds. And he's just the most beautiful little boy ever. I mean, Lou, you know him well. Your he's, kid's got a heart of gold, man. He's a great kid. Isn't he a great kid? He's a great kid. He's going to do great things, like I've said. Both your kids are, are great. They, they're great. You can't see anything that's going on. Like, they're dealing with stuff, but you can't even... You can't even understand. You can't see it. I guess because I'm so close to it as a of parent. Well, you can see it better because, well, well, yeah, it's a well, different you're perspective. you're dad, of course. Yeah. No, <laughs> of I course. know. I mean, I've hung out with both, and Gabe is, is great. He's a great kid, right? Yeah, he's yeah. a great kid. I'd be crying, too. Yep. Oh, it's a big thank you. Well, it's a big deal. So I got that today, and then, you know, he can't wait to go home. He's been living in this. Um, he always got screwed, my son. You know, anytime we got an apartment in the city, Ava got the bigger room because she's older. And, you know, girls tend to bitch. Guys don't care, you know. Be yelling, Mommy, Daddy, I'm the older one. So he would get, like, the corner room with no window, you know. And then um, we bought this house, and he has the whole third floor. It's his. It's huge. Oh, I'd miss that, too. Huge. Oh, wow. And she has a bedroom downstairs by us. But she doesn't live there. She lives in Europe. She still complained, of course. Wait a second. I'm the oldest kid. Ava, you spent three months a year here. This little boy's here all year long. So he got the big one. So even though his rooms in these apartments have been bigger, it's not his bedroom. And now we completely painted a new color. He's got his Xbox. He's got his computer. He's very computer literate. He's great with that stuff. He's got his little friends in Rockaway that he plays basketball with, and he can't wait to go home. So we're going to... Leave graduation, hop on the ferry, and my little boy's going to sleep home tonight, which I'm excited for him. Really, for me, it's a pain in the ass. Because living in the city has been so convenient for me. Whether I lived at the hotel on 44th Street, the hotel on 33rd Street, or this Battery Park apartment. It's Gene, it's a cab ride, it's, you know, 30 bucks, I'm here. Now i got to go home, leave by Gene. Now it's 45 minutes, i got to be outside at 4 o'clock in the morning. But it's all worth it when I get home at 1 o'clock in the afternoon and I can smell the ocean. And there's a sense of quiet, beautiful sense of quiet that you never get in New York City. I don't care where you live, Sutton Place, Park Avenue, Upper East Side, you never get it. I get off the shuttle in front of my house. And like I always say, I could hear a guy fart in Brooklyn. It is quiet and beautiful. So all that inconvenience at 4 o'clock in the morning is all worth it at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So it's a big day for us. Danielle's on her way to criminal court. because she's a big-time attorney. And uh, I'm going to be daddy. But not yet. Still 40 more minutes of this radio program. The number is always one 800 848 
WABC, 1-800-848-9222. You know I get emotional a lot on this show. You know, and I, I keep bringing up Greg Kelly because he's a great guy. He's a great guy. I like Greg a lot. He's a smart guy. He does a good job. But he doesn't get it. He wasn't joking when he was on hold last time and said, are you done with your wife's schedule? I go, Greg, that's why you get a 2.6 and I get a 7.5. There's just so much you can say about Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Eric Adams. It's all been, it's all been said before. My audience, I get the best ratings in the city by a mile. There's no one close to me because my audience, I let them in. You know how many folks are going to text me later on today and go, Hey, man, I wonder, how'd it go with Gabe today? How did Gabe do today? That's what Imus did. That's what Stern did. That's what these guys today don't do and don't get, and that's why they're just mired in lackluster and mediocre ratings because they do this, They all do the same thing. You guys are my family. You're my extended family. I get hundreds of messages a day, a day about this stuff, and I love that. And I love all of you for doing that. So thank you for allowing me to get emotional for a couple of minutes. We'll come back and get back on topic. On this, the Hump Day Wednesday edition, the happy birthday President Trump Day. He's 77 today with me, Sid Rosenberg, on Talk Radio 77 WABC. I wish I was homeward bound. Home. Where my thoughts escape at home, where my music's playing home, where my love lies waiting silently for me. Tonight I'll sing my songs again, I'll play the game and pretend. But all my words come back to me in shades of mediocrity Like emptiness in harmony I need someone to comfort me Homeward bound I wish I was homeward bound Home, where my thoughts are skipping home Where my music's playing at home where my love lies waiting silently for me. WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC.
Paul and Oates say it isn't so. Say it isn't so. You know, we um, we talk all... Sit down for a second. What is your name quickly? We have all these interns here this summer. I want to get to this um, end you hatred thing. We're having Joey Borgen and Abraham Hamra on. The finally, Jews are finally doing something about it. Abe, you can come in and Navy can come in too. You're probably my daughter's age. You are. We've got all these interns that work during the summer, but we don't get any of them. Makes no sense. We are the most undermanned, greatest show in the history of radio. They took Macedonia Phil away from me, and Macedonia Phil sent me a text last night. He was in tears. He's like, I miss you more than you miss me. Phil doesn't cry. He almost cried last night. He does not. He didn't cry. He didn't cry? No. He came close. You can sit down here, Ava and Eve, if you want. Um, Ava's 19. Neve, are you 19 also? You're 18. And you're one of our interns. And uh, what is your name? Carly Kushner. And Carly Kushner, Jewish. Mm-hmm. Yes. And how old are you? 19. Yeah, my daughter's age. Ava's 19, too. And uh, she goes to college in Europe. Where do you go to college? Syracuse University. Oh, that's right. Uh, so, And you're in uh, enrolled in, um, are you enrolled in the big program? The, yes, uh, Newhouse. Newhouse. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Uh, Gina, Gina Bina just texted me. Give me my intern back. No, you can't. <laughs> we need an intern here. Um, so you want to be a uh, radio person, a TV person? What do you want to do? I'm not sure yet. That's why I'm here, figuring well, it out. Uh-huh. So and how'd you get this gig? I'm just curious. Who do you know? you know somebody here or? Um, a few people. Upstairs. Yeah. What, you're like so tight-lipped. Are in the witness protection <laughs> oh, program or no, something? No, it's upstairs. Oh, it's so upstairs? That's where she knows. So you're not allowed to talk? Is yeah, that what I it is? Just take a guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know it's upstairs. So what do you do? Uh, move closer to the microphone. What do you do every day? Quickly, and I'll let you get out of here. Oh, oh my God. Oh, no. <laughs> the mic just turned on her. Not her fault. What do you do every day? So Gina has been teaching me about the algorithms and how to post for a larger audience. Social media stuff. Social media. Gina's great, isn't yeah, she great? Gina's awesome. So you work with Gina, mm-hmm. Stephanie, and Doug. That's a great yes. o- and Joe. That's a great yes, office. Yes, they're yeah. great. Mm-hmm. So you're learning algorithms and social media. Yes, and I'm having a lot of fun. You are, mm-hmm. but I can see you want to be like a big star. You've got, I could tell. I hope so. Yeah. That's what you want to be. <laughs> and what is your what does your father do? He's a bankruptcy attorney in White really? Plains. Yes. No kidding. And your mom, does she work or is she home? Yeah, she works. And uh, any brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have a younger brother. He's going to be a senior in high school. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. My son is about to go to high school after today. Well, congratulations on uh, getting the gig here. Thank you. Have you met all the uh, other hosts? Um, No, I haven't. Yeah. Not very exciting. Anyway, let's be completely honest. Once you, once you sit on this show, that's about as good as it gets. They're all very personal. <laughs> yeah, I know. Bunch of real good guys. Uh, well, nice to meet you, Carly. Nice to meet and you we wish too. you the best of luck. And, Thank you. You know, Lewis can teach you a whole bunch of stuff, and so can Justin. So this is how. This is where. Looking forward to it. Okay. This is where it's really. This is important. it. All goes down this right is here. It. So, well, thank you, Carly. So, talking about uh, say it isn't so. So, as a Jew, I'm tired of the Jewish people getting their asses kicked, whether it's a guy walking down the street because he's wearing a yarmulke, and it's happening in big numbers. And we know the people that are doing it are, for the most part, African-American. I I tell the truth on this show. I don't beat around the bush. Overwhelmingly, over 90%. And we've seen attacks, serious attacks, for a while now. And then you get this animal, this lowlife, Fotima Muhammad, her commencement speech at the law school, CUNY Law School here in New York. She goes on to disparage the NYPD, the military, and Israel, and all Jewish people, me, you, Justin, Dove, all of them. And I was furious about it, and the day after I asked, 
begged CUNY to fire the dean at the law school, SETI, Suda SETI. And as you could predict, they've done nothing about it. Nothing. Nothing. No one got fired. No repercussions. No big deal. Even my dear friend Angelo Vivolo, who plays a huge role on Columbus Day, one of the sweetest men you'll ever meet, he's on the board at CUNY. He's furious. Furious. But they've done nothing. So Dove Hyken called me a couple of days ago, the king of all Jews I've dubbed Dove, 40 years or something in Brooklyn, New York, Borough Park. And he said, i got to come on. i got to talk about this. And I said, yes, you do. So he came on on Monday, and he voiced his anger. And I said, we got to do something, Dove. I mean, the problem is every time I do something with Dove Hyken, I almost get arrested. I'm not even kidding. It happened twice. Once outside the public library on 42nd Street and once outside the New York Times building. But he happens to be a great voice for the Jewish people, Alan Dershowitz and others. We've done three or four rallies together. I did miss the one outside Saturday Night Live. What is that guy's name that she sucks, the comedian, the black guy, he's on Michael SNL? Ma- Michael Che, thank you. Good job, Justin. Thank you. I didn't you. go to that, yeah. No? Okay. But I've gone to a lot of them. I said, Dove, we need to rally, get together. So they put it together, and Jew Hatred, Joey Borgen, Abraham Hamra, Dove Heikind. These are fine Jewish people. They've also had enough. And tonight at 5 o'clock, outside the CUNY Law School, Jews are fighting back. Now, where are you going to be tonight at 5 o'clock as a proud Jewish man, Justin? Now, let's take guesses where he's going to be. <laughs> okay. It's not going to be there? Tonight at 5 o'clock? No. no it's not going to be there. Well, no. what's, your, what's your guess, Lewis? Uh, he'll be home, home. Uh, watching uh, either some short porn flicks. Whoa, oh whoa, God, whoa, 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 oh, whoa, no, whoa. probably going to be. You don't have no I respect for Justin. do that. Yes, you do, all okay. the time. You tell me. You show it to me on your phone all that's, the time. That's not <laughs> Okay. Yeah, well, actually, he'll, okay. Be get, he'll be getting ready for Yanks Mets. Yeah, are you going to the game tonight? No. Oh, stop picking your nose, by the way. You stop picking your nose. Okay. Fine. Everything that I do, you, you do tenfold. That's fine. Hey, sit down for one more second. Where am I going to be at five? We're talking about the... The NJ Jew hatred rally here. I got to go back to the homeland though in October. So what homeland is that? Israel. Are you really going to Israel? Yeah, my other cousin's now getting married. So you were I just there go. last year. I know, last May. Well, you're a really good Jew. Thank you. Yeah. He's, no. he's going to weddings. What do you mean? I know. He's a good and Jew. he never dates a Jew. It's all shixes. <laughs> shixes all day long. Russian okay. shixes. Hot shixes. What are we doing here? Hot shixes who dump you. I dump them. No, the Russian Excuse girl me. dump you. No, the Russian no, no, girl no, dump no, you. No, no, no. Trust me, bro. Do, do not lie to the American people bro, here. Bro, everybody in Brighton Beach knows her name. Everybody. <laughs> everybody in Brighton Okay, that's, yeah. that's funny. That's funny. Uh, now, what are you guys at? Now, Ava we just put me back at Protein Shakes. What are you doing now? Well, we have to go because my we have to go back to the apartment and my appointment's in like... All right. Soon. I'm not sure. The apartment is uh, is not uh, beautiful, as you know. And have you it worn, is. Neve? This is not Central Park West. This is not like I miss this place. I don't care. If it's in New York City. You're good to go. I say, go. Well, I love you. You guys did great today. Mommy said you were great. And you too, Neve. In fact, my, my wife said, man, Neve's got a really good voice. Oh. And she sounded really good. Ava, we know, is already great at this. I love you. Thank you. Uh, have a safe trip to Long Island. And I guess I'll see you guys again tomorrow night at Il Cortile. Okay. You're going to do what? You're doing a lot good. Well, go go have fun. Show her the city. She's going to move here anyway. So, In fact, start looking for apartments later on this afternoon for Neve. Take her to Brooklyn. See you guys. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
Phil Collins. It's 9.48 on your hump day Wednesday morning. Once again, happy birthday, President Trump, 77 years old today in Bedminster, New Jersey, celebrating with his family and friends. So you guys know about this commencement speech this animal Fatima Muhammad made at the law school here in New York City weeks ago and took out the police, the military, and the Jewish people, Israel. It's happened a million times. It's not the first time. Jews get their ass kicked in the streets in New York all the time because they wear yarmulkes. They don't mess with me because they're cowards. Trust me, they don't mess with a guy like me because they're cowards. But they pick on folks that they can, and it's really become a huge issue. The numbers for anti-Semitism, sky high, sky high. Dove Hyken called in a couple of days ago and said, what's going on here? No one got fired? Nobody got suspended? The dean said he, she's still there? What's going on here? So I said, we got to get a rally going. So end you hatred, people like Joey Borgen and Abraham Hamra, who's always fighting for the Jews, they did it. And at 5 o'clock this afternoon, there's going to be a big rally outside that law school, CUNY Law School, led by those guys and others, as finally the Jews start to fight back. So let me start with uh, Joey. Joey, of course, uh, you were here when Jim Jordan came to town. That had that victim's rights hearing. My friend Jennifer Harrison, very good friend of mine, just so you know, she was there. Victims, uh, victims rights out on Long Island. Her boyfriend was murdered. Another lady was there who I met for the first time whose son was murdered. And you were there too, Joey, after getting really savagely beaten because you were Jewish. How big a day was that for you, spending time with Jim Jordan and those other folks who went through stuff similar to you on that afternoon here in New York City? So I'll be honest with you, Sid, just I don't mean to correct you or anything. Uh, per my legal counsel, I wasn't able to do that appearance, so my father did. Right. And that was the appearance where he kind of went off on Schumer, Nadler, and a couple other people. Right. Um, and, you know, the lack of, I guess you can say, equitable justice is being uh, levied across Manhattan uh, these days. And... Um, yeah, I mean, I would I would have loved to take the opportunity to speak, but obviously with we obviously with my ongoing legal cases, it was just uh, yeah, yeah. a thorny issue to kind of get involved in. But how, how, how do you job, feel so now? Again, you suffered a really savage beating, Joey. How are you feeling today? Honestly, today I'm feeling pretty relieved because yesterday I was in court and uh, one of the individuals got cuffed and taken away to jail, and I had to give a victim impact statement. And uh, Abe was there, uh, actually. Abe, you're the man. Thank you so much for coming. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that was a big weight off my back to finally, you know, get this Wasim uh, situation out of the way. So are all the guys – how many attackers were there? For folks who don't know the whole story, give it to me quickly, then I'll get to Abraham Hamra. Give it to me quickly. How many attackers? So, yeah, essentially, uh, you know, walking to Times Square, wearing a yarmulke, minding my own business on the way to a rally for Israel, uh, just jumped by – gang assaulted by a group of, to be politically correct, pro-Palestinian sympathizers. And in total, there were six individuals arrested, one of which is a juvenile, so I know nothing there. Five are adults, uh, two have pled out, and three are due to go to trial on August 1st. Okay, good. So we're getting some progress here. Now, he yeah, mentioned, yeah. Uh, Joe, you mentioned that Abe, you're talking about Abraham Hamra, who I know for many years. He uh, he yeah. was there for you to support you yesterday, and I know Abraham You've been uh, with other groups in the past, and if you ever go to Abe's Instagram page, for example, uh, you're on there every day talking about injustices, the Jewish people here in America, Israel. That's kind of really what's been your life story since you've come to America as a as a refugee. 
And I know that uh, Joey appreciated what you did for him yesterday, but seeing this speech at that school and knowing how Jews have been treated in this country here in New York City, I know you're angry today. Sid, good morning. Good morning. You could not be more accurate. Anger um, is just one of the emotions that we're feeling because what's happening in New York and in this country is completely unacceptable. And we must fight back. We must stand up for ourselves because nobody else is going to do it. If you're waiting for the government to do it, for the government to react, it's not going to happen. And so today at 5 p.m., and just to state the address on the air, at 205 East 42nd Street, that's 205 East 42nd Street, outside of CUNY's chancellor's office, Jews will unite to send a very clear message that we will no longer tolerate this injustice and this double justice, this immense hypocrisy when it comes to hate crimes targeting Jews. Well, let me ask you this, uh, Abraham. uh, What are you looking for? Again, I I said what after the speech. I said they have to fire SETI, the dean of students. They didn't do that. So what what are your two questions here? What are you looking to accomplish with this rally today, and what do you think you will accomplish with this rally today? So I'm hopeful that what we are looking to accomplish, we will accomplish. Now, to give credit where credit is due, Andrew Hatred and the people at Andrew Hatred have been doing an amazing job and put together a seven-point action plan that we are demanding. One is to fire Dean Sudha Sethi. The second one is to suspend, pending disciplinary action, any professor who endorsed or approved Fatima Muhammad's speech. The other ones implement anti-Semitism training. Four is apply and enforce the IHRA definition of anti-Semitism. Five, impose consequences for students and faculty who engage in Jew hatred. Six, discontinue the practice of allowing students to select commencement speakers until this state of emergency is over. And advise, and lastly, and most importantly, and I think a lot of attorneys here would agree that are listening, advise character and fitness. There is no way Fatima Muhammad is fit to be an attorney in the state of New York. She cannot, she is filled with hate and prejudice and stands exactly opposite to what our laws and our constitution stands for. And so if these demands are not met, we're not going to back down. We're going to double down. And we're going to ask for the chancellor and the trustee to resign. We're going to ask for the Department of Education to truly investigate. We're going to ask for Congress, the Senate, and New York City to enforce regulations and to cut funding to institutions that continue to bring these anti-Semitic speakers. And finally, we will ask the IRS to investigate their 501c3 status. This is not a fight that we can afford to back down from. And Sid, you said it best. I'm a Jewish refugee from Syria. And this form of anti-Semitism that's being called anti-Zionism has resulted in the ethnic cleansing of ancient Jewish communities in over 10 Arab countries. If we think this can't happen again here in the U.S., then we are going to be very surprised when it does. That is a uh, tremendous job. That's a great job, Abraham, and I love those seven criterias. Uh, Believe me, I've been asking for SETI's firing since uh, day one, but all seven of those are terrific. That's a great job, Abraham Hamra. And to Abraham's point, uh, Joey Borgen, again, you being a victim here in New York City, I, I was at Gracie Mansion with my beautiful wife, Danielle, a couple of weeks ago, and 
It was the last day of Jewish Heritage Month, and the mayor, Eric Adams, delivered a very fiery speech. I mean, the speech was terrific. But then people around me said, okay, great speech. What is he really doing? He said he went to Greece, said he took part in an anti-Semite press conference there, too. So he's talking about it. Seemingly, he's hearing about it. But are you, Joey Borgen, okay with what the city, the mayor, and the state has done? Or do you think it's all talk? So I think some individuals within our legislation, without you know, across the, across the city, across the state, do have good intentions. I've spoken with numerous politicians. I've dealt with, I've spoken with Adams, and I can tell his heart's in the right place. I'll be honest with you, it really starts from the top, in my opinion. I've had direct conversations with Governor Hockel's office about this CUNY issue. I've invited them to attend the, the, the rally, get involved. They have no interest. So, I mean, when a state-funded institution as, you know, is being anti-Semitic and anti-Zionistic, and to be honest with you, Sid, as someone who had that, that, that farcical claim thrown my way that my attackers were anti-Zionistic and, anti- and not anti-Semitic, that's just one of the same to me. It's complete, forget my French, but complete BS. Yeah. So when the state, when the state institution is, is not coming out against a state institution that has a BDS movement uh, proposal, you know, they passed the BDS movement in their bylaws. Like, what does it say about, you know, our state when Governor Hockel, you know, it doesn't even step up and do anything to, to protect the Jewish people? A governor that I met in person who told me in person that she'll help me out and do what we need, do what we need to do. What does that say about our state that the governor, the person in charge, mm. doesn't even have the time to come out and even just condemn the speech? Forget taking action. She hasn't even yeah. come out and forcefully condemn the speech. No. Not at all. Not that I know of. So we have to wrap things up. The show's about to come to an end. Both of you guys were great today. Abraham Hamra, give me uh, give me 30 seconds on the way out. Repeat that address one more time. And uh, just about 30 seconds. We know your passion is there. Why people should join you today. I think you said it was 245 East 42nd Street. Abe, take no. it away. So it's going to be at 205 East 42nd Street. Yeah, 205 at 5 p.m. I truly would love to see everybody there, Jewish or not. If you love hearing Sid Rosenberg, you need to stand up for <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. You need to do too. So I will see you there. And lastly, Justin, this is to you. You got to come. Your apartment is not going to be better than a rally <laughs> surrounded That's by funny. your fellow brothers and sisters. That's Fighting a good job. together as one. That's funny. 5 p.m. today, I truly hope to see everybody there. And thank you so much, Sid. For truly shining a light on this program. You got it. And Joey, 30 seconds out of you on the way out. Again, a victim of a horrible crime just for being Jewish in New York City. Give us the last 30 seconds, pal. Yeah, um, obviously, I've been through the ringer a bit. And uh, thanks to people like Abe, Sid, like yourself, and other people. It uh, really gives me the strength and ability to actually keep fighting back and, you know, keep doing what I have to do for the Jewish people. And for all victims of hate crimes, I mean, nobody should have to be looking over their shoulder the way they dress, the way they look, the way they identify, the way they practice the religion. I mean, this is New York City. What are we in a terrible country here? <laughs> so just uh, even, you know, even if you're a, a, any victim or you're, you know, you want to fight back against all hate crime, this is just an opportunity today to come out and let your presence be known in that, you know, not just Jews, but all, you know, minority individuals are protected here in New York City. Well, I can tell you, as a proud Jewish man, I am not a proud Jewish man. I'm very proud of both of you guys, Abraham Hamra and Joey Borgen. Two great guys. I know you both. Great guys. You You guys are, too. Good luck today, okay, boys? Go get them. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, brother. All right, brother. Abraham Hamra and Joey Borgen. 5 p.m. today, as Abe told you, 205 East 42nd Street, 205 East 42nd Street. I don't care if you're black, you're Jewish, you're Asian. All minorities, all minorities. 
That's a slap in your face and a literal slap in Joey Borgen's face. Go out there, raise some hell, and make sure CUNY suffers some repercussions. We are done for today. Got a big Thursday show about to come your way tomorrow, as we always do. On my way to Gaby's 8th grade graduation. And then, as Phil Collins is telling you right here, take me home on my way home. I love you folks. Have a great day. Peace.